welcome to the Rank Kings podcast that answers the age-old question, what are the best live-action comic book movies? I'm Danny Weiser, with me as always is my co-host and the Raphael to my Michelangelo. It's Ty McGowan, what's up dude? Oh yeah dude, rude Raph, cool but rude, cool but rude, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you. That's who you think you are. <laughs> did you ever did you ever watch workaholics yeah a little bit that episode where they get stuck in the sewer and they're they're each saying like which ninja turtle they are and adam divine's like i'm rude raph you know cool but rude it's a character <laughs> flaw but you know i'll go with it and then and then anders is like yeah so i'm like leonardo you know the katana guy and they're like no dude you're so donatello you nerd <laughs> And then they just get in an argument, and they're like, no, you're not even Donatello. You're a Foot Clan member, and you're just not any member. You're that punk Danny. <laughs> God, I need to go back and watch more of this show. I don't think I watched anywhere near as much of it as you did. That, that was my favorite episode. It's just hilarious watching people like around my age arguing about which Ninja Turtle they are. Yeah, which we've all done. Yeah, Everyone I've done it a yeah. million times. We've all done it. Um, all right, we are talking live action comic book movies, obviously, to get ready for the Batman that comes out this weekend. Um, Should we have gonna... ranked Batman movies? Probably. Nah. But <laughs> that means I would have had to like watch a whole bunch of animated Batman movies. Like, just I don't five. Know, like just, just five. Like, a lot of work, you know what I mean? It's a lot of work to get ready for this podcast and I already got to watch movies for our other show. I'm tired of watching movies, My so God. let's just talk about ones I've already seen, you know? <laughs> but we're going to be joined later by Batman Shane, uh, and so he's going to give us his thoughts on, like, what he hopes for the Batman, what he hopes they do and don't do, and we'll just get to pick his brain a little bit. That'll be really fun. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, you're, li- you're list A this week, so if Ooh. you're ready... Uh, I don't know if you had any, gave yourself any rules. I guess there aren't really a whole lot of rules you can give yourself nah. for this one. No, I didn't give myself any rules. Uh, my honorable mention theme, though, is non-superhero comics. Cool. So, like, nobody can have a superpower. It's basically these are just, like, kind of just normal movies. Uh, first yeah. one up is American Splendor. Um, came out in 2003, directed by Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Polcini. Um an original mix of fiction and reality illuminates the life of comic book hero everyman Harvey Picar. Uh, played by Paul Giamatti. Uh, this guy is just like, he's kind of this comic book guy that really didn't like, his comics were so ordinary, but they just like became huge. And like, he became this very famous person who like went on The Tonight Show all the time to just like, he basically just degraded himself in these comics and just lived a super ordinary life. But like he's legendary in the comic community. It's crazy. I've never heard of this before. (laughs) Yeah. It's all right. I gave it like three stars, but like every comic book movie is superheroes. So there wasn't a lot to pick. from. (laughs) I feel that for sure. Second movie is ghost world. Uh, came out in 2001 directed by Terry's, Zwigoff, uh, two quirky, cynical teenage girls try to figure out what to do with their lives after high school graduation. After they play a prank on an eccentric middle-aged record collector, one of them befriends him, which causes a rift in the girls' friendships. Um, this is actually a pretty good movie. It's starring Thora Birch, Steve Buscemi, and Scarlett Johansson. Um, but yeah, based off a comic, sh- comic book about just like 
two best friends in high school. That's like essentially what it is. There's like literally nothing more. It's a very, it's like a coming of age movie. And I guess they're just coming of age comic books. I've never read them. So huh. yeah, I've never heard of this movie either. It sounds interesting though. Yeah, it's good. It's not like, it's definitely not like plan B or like book smart or yeah. where it's like hilarious, hilarious. It's a little bit more like real life, but it's pretty good. Yeah. And it's cool, cool to see like a young Scarlett Johansson just kind of break through right. the scene, you know? Um, And then third one is Road to Perdition. Uh, Came out in 2002, directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, Mike Sullivan works as a hitman for crime boss John Rooney. Sullivan views Rooney as a father figure. However, after his son is witness to a killing, Mike Sullivan finds himself on the run in an attempt to save the life of his son and at the same time looking for revenge on those who wronged him. Uh, Tom Hanks, I think this was Paul Newman's last movie, Jude Law, Jennifer Jason Lee, Stanley Tucci, Daniel Craig. I mean, this this cast is just cast. packed. Yeah, and it's just cool to see Tom Hanks play this, like, kind of B.A., like, mm. gangster role. It's, like, set in the, like, Prohibition days, like, so, like the 1920s. So it's, like, that kind of mob. Um, but it's really cool to see Tom Hanks just, like, murk people the entire movie. <laughs> just, like, mow down people with a Tommy gun. Um, but, yeah, really good movie. I haven't read the comic book, but I'm real, like, real interested in reading it at some point. Sweet. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, okay, my honorable mentions are, uh, like, movie came first or, like, the, the comic book is inspired by the movie and not the other way around. Okay. Um, so my first one is Shaun of the Dead. From 2004. Nice. Directed by Edgar Wright, stars Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Sean lives a supremely uneventful life, which revolves around his girlfriend, his mother, and above all, his local pub. This gentle routine is threatened when the dead return to life and make strenuous attempts to snack on ordinary Londoners. Um, So the Shaun of the Dead comic came out in 2005 and was actually written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Um, And it followed Mary, who was the first zombie. Um, Okay. I've heard really good things. I've heard it's actually... I'm not a comic... But guy, you read more comic, or at least have in the past read more comic books than I have for sure. I literally don't think I've read one, so I haven't read any of these. But uh, uh, like I was looking it up a little bit, and a lot of people say that this is really, really cool. And I just like that Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright did it. You know yeah, I mean? that makes sense. So, They're both major nerds, so it's probably yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, the movie's great. Movie's a blast. I think we, I'm sure we've talked about it on this show before. Yeah, it's so much fun. I, it's my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. I don't know if you. Uh, okay, mine's hot fuzz. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my second one, this one, I actually don't think the comic book came after because the uh, it's I'm so confused when it comes to like the graphic novel, manga, comic book world that it was I was confused. But either way, it's uh, The Edge of Tomorrow from 2014. OK, so. OK, so the book came out first, then the movie okay. and then the comic. Came gotcha. Out yeah, that's why I was confused because I was reading it and I was like, I don't, I don't know what the source of this is. It all seems yeah. so murky. But the comic book did come after the movie, so I guess it still counts for my honorable mention. Right, and you just had um, to get Emily Blunt that gif of Emily Blunt. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> How do you think I'm going to market this episode, my dude? Uh, <laughs> directed by Doug Lyman, stars Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Major Bill Cage is an officer who's never seen a day of combat when he is unceremoniously demoted and dropped into combat. Um, Cage is killed within minutes, managing to take an alpha alien down with him. He awakens back at the beginning of the same day and is forced to fight and die again and again and again. His physical contact with the alien has thrown him into a time loop. Um, I'm, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not plugged into the comic or graphic novel world enough to have made heads or tails, so I'm glad that you're here to, to do that for me. But this movie absolutely rips. It's one of my favorite action movies of all time. I just saw it for the first time like six months ago, eight months ago, I think, probably. Yeah. Um, but it absolutely rips. I love this movie. Yeah, the I believe the comic, I'm looking it up right now, I think the comic is not Live, Die, Repeat. That was the original title for the movie it's yeah. okay it's all you need is kill okay that's the gotcha. that's the novel that's the book okay um i don't know what the comic is though but the book is called all you need is kill and it's a there japanese there's definitely a comic novel. that came out at some point yes yeah. So. yeah yeah <laughs> okay <After>. yeah <laughs> I, I maybe now you understand why i was like this is sort of murky i don't really 100 percent get this but um, my last one is Star Wars A New Hope from 1977. Um, directed by George Lucas, stars Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. Princess Leia is captured and held hostage by the evil Imperial forces in their effort to take over the Galactic Empire. Venturesome Luke Skywalker and Dash and Captain Han Solo team together with the lovable robot duo R2-D2 and C-3PO to rescue the beautiful princess and restore peace and justice to the Empire. So the comic was released by Marvel in 1977. Um, George Lucas had apparently approached DC before making the Star Wars movie um, and had been turned down. So he went to Stan Lee and Stan Lee was like, hey, maybe come back when the film's done. Let's then let's talk then. And so he did. And the comic was made and it ran for 107 issues from 1977 to, ni- to 1986. Um, and apparently this series is credited with saving Marvel Comics financially in the late 70s. Yeah, I heard these like the Star Wars comics are actually pretty good. Um, actually in middle school, I got into a real life, like almost got to throwing fist argument with one of my friends who was convinced that Star Wars, Star Wars was based on a comic series. And I like, we got into like, it, like it almost ended our friendship. It got so heated (laughs) because I knew that it wasn't based on the comic books. Yeah, I guess George Lucas was shopping it around before the movie had been made at, to, as a way to like promote the movie. Yeah, try to get because um, he would have gotten all the money because he had yeah. all the merchandising rights. He was just yeah. trying to get that money, dude. Yeah, and Stanley was like, "Hey, maybe maybe when the movie's done, come hit me up." And then he just made buku bucks, and Marvel was able to like stay alive because of the Star Wars series. So. Yeah, I think it was like you had the Star Wars series like save Marvel, and then like when that was like. I think it when it was ending, the Infinity Saga came in for Marvel mm. Comics, and that was huge. I think that's gotcha. right. I don't know if I'm right or not on that, but I believe it so That's is. my last honorable mention. Okay. Well, um, first up, number 10, not the last Spider-Man movie, but it's the first Spider-Man movie up. It's Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, nice. came, yeah, came out in 2019. Peter Parker. Wow. Hold on. Sorry. I, I hate to cut you off, but if you're already going far from home, that means you're going to have like eight Spider-Man movies on your list. Aren't Never you? Done, I know dude. this isn't your favorite. It's like almost half of my list. <laughs> it's like every other movie is a Spider-Man movie. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking like I can think of one, two, three, four Spider-Man movies that you like more than this one. I think. Yeah, you're right. Four, four more. <laughs> <laughs> 50% of my list is Spider-Man. Uh, came out in 2019. Uh, Peter Parker and his friends go on a summer trip to Europe. However, they will hardly be able to rest. Peter will have to agree to help Nick Fury uncover the mystery of creatures that cause natural disasters and destruction throughout the continent. Um, 
starring Tom Holland, Jake Gyllenhaal, Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, Zendaya. I mean, this movie was so fun. It was awesome. You get, you know, Peter gets to kind of take on the Iron Man mantle that um, Sony will eventually rip off of his head um, mm-hmm. without regard for the fans. Um, but, you know, great Spider-Man movie. I thought this is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Is this? Are you doing this because I made a joke about being the Spider-Man guy in the podcast last no, week, and you're just I made like this, having to retake your throne? I made this list like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> just, I made an offhanded joke about, well, I guess I'm the Spider-Man guy now, and it's like, oh yeah, well, half my list is Spider-Man. No, I made this list like three, like the original, like. So what I normally do for these lists is I'll just write down anything that comes to mind and then sort mm. those out, like rank those. Yeah. I swear the first like 10 were like all of the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. My number 10 is Kingsman, the secret service from 2014 okay. directed by Matthew Vaughn stars, Taron Edgerton, Colin Firth and Mark strong. The story of a super secret spy organization that recruits an unrefined, but promising street kid into the agency's ultra competitive training program, just as a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius. The Kingsman comic series debuted first with a graphic novel in 2012 and was written by Mark Millar, uh, and there have been a handful more since then. Um, this movie is a blast. The series has gotten progressively worse. Um, like, I think the first one's really good. I enjoy it a lot. I think the second one is a fun time, and I think the third one's weird. Like, it is just... Third one every, sucks. Like, we don't need they... the third one. Like, yeah, right? Like, you end the second one with a potential team-up of Taron Edgerton and um, uh, Channing Tatum, like how, mm-hmm. like, and then you're like, oh, guess we got to make an origin story, <laughs> what like what, yeah. with like a fake George George McKay actor, <laughs> it's yeah. like looks exactly like him, but isn't him. <laughs> yeah, just weird and unnecessary. But I think this first one is a blast. It's my introduction. I think most people's introduction to Taron Edgerton. Uh, yeah. And I think he kills it. He's so fun. This movie, the fight scenes are incredible. It's a pretty interesting like story and world that they've built. Uh, I, I think it's great. That's Do you think in the second movie, because the second movie has Elton John. Yeah. Do you think because of that filming, I, I don't know I the backstory, so. but I do you like think they Elton, became friends? Yeah. Do you think Elton was just like, Hey, this is me. <laughs> I, I just, I, Either that or, like, Elton John watched Sing, that animated movie, and was like, that's the Kingsman kid singing my song? That gorilla? I want that gorilla to play me. That's the (laughs) Kingsman kid? (laughs) What if he didn't know who it was, and while they were filming Kingsman 2, he was like, yeah, this gorilla guy, I'm trying to get him to play me. (laughs) Dude, I'm right. (laughs) Yeah, that's so... (laughs) Mate, what? Mate, come on. Well, don't you. You're not good at that, bud. (laughs) Uh, I, I I think the Kingsman movies are fun. The biggest issue I have with them is Matthew Vaughn has one moment in each of these movies where he just takes it too far and makes it weird for no reason. Like someone just needs to say, okay, Matthew, we've 90% of the way there. We've done great so far. Why do this? This just chill yeah. out. Somebody needs to pump that pump the brakes on that. Um, but other than that, like these movies are a blast. Well, Kingsman two is definitely the uh, music festival. Yeah. yeah, Kingsman <laughs> one is literally the very end. Yeah, uh, and no, the, the king, uh, the ch- it's got to be the church scene, right? Like that seemed like no, I think I, that fit. 
I, but it fits, but it, like, okay, you went, like, a minute over, like, where you needed yeah. to stop. No, I'm talking about when he goes into homegirl cell at the oh. very end. <laughs> it didn't need to happen. The Kingsman, the last one, the Rasputin and Ray Fiennes, whatever, with his, uh, Ray Fiennes' thigh. Didn't need to happen. Oh, so weird. So gross. Rasputin so weird. was hitting on Ray Fiennes? Yeah. It, was, it, was just, it just had one moment that just went way too far that didn't need to happen. Just Matthew Vaughn, chill. But that's my number 10. Uh, okay, my number nine is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Nice. came out in 2010, directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is a 22-year-old radical Canadian wannabe rock star who falls in love with an American delivery girl, Ramona Flowers, and must defeat her seven evil exes to be able to date her. Uh, starred Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. This is freaking... Like, this is the equivalent of uh, Spider-Verse. Like, it's like a comic book came to life. Like, everything mm. that happens in this movie. Like, I honestly think that because of this movie, we were able to get Spider-Verse. Oh, come on. I, don't I, I really do. Like, there's so many. Have you seen this recently? There are so yeah. many similarities to Spider-Verse. There's a lot. Maybe. Um, but this is, I mean, it's like a you're watching a comic book. It's hilarious and quirky and ridiculous. And the comic books are awesome. I don't know if you've read them, but they're just as fun as, as this. No, book. I literally have never read a comic book in my life. Okay, nice. So. But you'll play D&D, but you won't read a comic book. That, that wasn't a brag. <laughs> that wasn't like, you, okay, you need. You, you seemed like you were threatened there. You need to relax. Oh, that wasn't like a, uh, I'm not a loser, dude. I've never read it. Like, I'm incredibly nerdy. I just uh, have never read a comic book. It's just not my thing. You'll read 1,000-page fan- high fantasy novels, but you won't read a comic book. <laughs> Why well, listen to the audiobooks because <laughs> okay, my okay. ADHD doesn't allow me to physically read them. <laughs> I'll have to read the same chapter 12 times over and over again and be like, okay, I think I kind of get it now. Yeah, but I want you to watch this before, like, watch this and then watch Spider-Verse because there's, like, a lot. <laughs> Twist my arm. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. <laughs> there's a lot yep. of similarities. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim is literally on my rom-com list. Spider-Verse is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, sh- sure, man. If I have to, I guess I'll go ahead and watch these movies. Oh, dang. Um, my number nine is Batman Returns from 1992. Directed oh, by Tim Burton. Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Danny DeVito. What? <laughs> yeah. This was on my Christmas movies list, remember? Or my non-holiday holiday movies. This, what? <laughs> what? We just went over this like two, three months ago. Yeah, but that's like, there's in a, there's like a forgiveness for bad movies during the holidays. Dude, this movie is a <laughs> blast. I literally watched it today because I was like, this movie rips, but it's been a minute. I need to rewatch it to like affirm my choice. And yeah, consider it affirmed. This movie absolutely rips. It's so weird. But uh, hold on, let me give them my spiel. Um, having defeated the Joker, Batman now faces the Penguin, a warped and deformed individual who is intent on being accepted into Gotham society with the help of Max Shrek, a crooked businessman whom he coerces into helping him run for the position of mayor of Gotham. While they both attempt to frame Batman in a different light, Batman must attempt to clear his name, all while also deciding what uh, just what must be done with the mysterious Catwoman slinking about. Uh, the character of Batman first appeared in a DC comic in 1939 and got his first issue in 1940 and has been going strong ever since. This movie is buck wild. Like, it is, like, 
pure like campy cheesy fun most of this movie i is spent like laughing at how ridiculous and over the top everyone is react is acting but also just like appreciating it because it's just pure fun the whole time it isn't this like penguin was like raised by penguins and that's yeah. why he's a penguin and like yes. michelle it's Pfeiffer's so like cat saliva like heals people or something like yes, that Yes, it's so weird dude it's incredibly weird the whole thing but it is pure fun for two hours and doesn't like, she fall movie... into a like dump truck full of kitty litter or something like yes. that to save her 100 percent. she, she is pushed off Walken. a building <laughs> she's pushed off a building and falls into a truck filled with kitty litter as catwoman it's incredible the whole thing is incredible and silly and campy and cheesy and just I it's I have so so much fun watching this movie. The, I literally <laughs> watched it today and I was like I was smiling and laughing the entire time because it's so much fun. It's just not a good movie. <laughs> I hate this movie. I hate almost all of the Batman movies before Nolan except for Oh no man. Both Michael for, Keaton's are great. Except for Batman. Like the original yeah. Like, I kind of like that, but, like, all the other ones, it's just, like, nope. No, oh, man, I think both Michael Keaton ones are great. This movie is – I like this one more than the first one. I think it's so much fun. Oh. It's so over-the-top <laughs> and cheesy and weird, but it is a 100 times more fun. This hurts. And sometimes you, just, sometimes you just want fun and silly and goofy, you know what I mean? You're going to win this because Batman Shane loves the Michael Keaton Batmans. Uh, maybe. Whatever. Like, I, I don't care. I just, these are, I have a blast with this, and I wanted it on my list. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, okay, no, number eight, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, okay. Came out in 2017, directed by John Watts. Uh, following the events of Captain America Civil War, Peter Parker, with the help of his mentor, Tony Stark, tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student in Queens, New York City, with fighting crime as a superhero alter ego, Spider-Man as a new threat, the vulture emerges. Tom Holland, obviously. Michael Keaton, probably my second favorite Spider-Man villain out of all of the Spider-Man villains. Um, mm-hmm. Just awesome. Just origin. or Not really origin story. It's kind of just like a day in the life of Spider-Man. And it yeah. feels like very grounded. For like a superhero MCU movie, it is extremely grounded. Um, yeah. Like, definitely, it's it's your friendly neighborhood MCU movie. That's, like, what it is. Um, but, yeah, I love this one so much. Introduction to Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Not my favorite Spider-Man, but the best, for sure, at playing yeah. Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Um, but, yeah, just really good all around. I really enjoyed this one, especially when it came out. I was very nervous for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, this is a blast. I, I mean, the Tom Holland Spider-Man and what he's done in the MCU is the reason Spider-Man is one of my favorite superheroes now so yeah i yeah. love this one good pick uh my number eight is avengers endgame from 2019 directed by the russo brothers stars robert downey jr chris evans and blah 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 who has time no, to go through all the entire cast list you know what i mean uh <laughs> after the devastating events of avengers infinity war the universe is in ruins due to the efforts of the mad titan thanos with the help of remaining allies the avengers must assemble once more in order to undo thanos's actions and restore order to the universe once and for all no matter what consequences may be in store um so the first edition of the avengers comic debuted in september 1963 and was uh created by stanley and jack kirby so, yeah 
Um, Endgame is the biggest comic book movie event of all time, still to this day, <laughs> like and will be for a very, 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 very long time. Um, it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, just the way they were able to weave years of stories and characters together and still make like a fun and heartfelt and like intense and exciting action movie. Um, it's not, it's not my favorite uh, MCU movie like by a mile, um, but it's just so impressive that it needs a shout out every now and then. You know what I mean? Like I just need to remind myself like what they were able to achieve with this movie is insane. Yeah. There's a, you know that like, um, like whatever meeting they're having that, that uh, Steve, Steve Rogers is leading the, Mm -hmm. like trying to get over the blip thing. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the people in that meeting is the guy who created Thanos in the comics. Oh, that's so cool. that's yeah, cool little Easter egg. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, my number seven is Logan. Came out in twenty seventeen, directed by James Mangold. Um, in the near future, a weary Logan cares for an alien Professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. But Logan's attempts to hide from the world and his legacy are upended when a young mutant arrives persuaded pursued by dark forces. Uh, starring Hugh Jackman, uh, Daphne Keene, Patrick Stewart. Uh, this is Wolverine is probably my second favorite superhero of all time. I, I mean, I've said so many times that X-Men is like one of my favorite things ever. The com- the X-Men comics and Wolverine was always my favorite. And then Hugh Jackman is just like, I don't think anyone personifies a superhero like Hugh Jackman does. He's just like, you, you can cast Michael B. Jordan, who we both want to, even though he's been in the MCU, we both want him to play Wolverine. Cast yeah. him, but it's always going to, Hugh Jackman's always going to be Wolverine. Right. Um, and this was just such a freaking, like, James Mangold, just like, hey, all you people that grew up with this superhero and that's really shaped your life, um, get ready for me to emotionally scar you. <laughs> like, it was so intense. It was really good. It was like the first good X Men movie we had gotten in, like, almost 10 years no more than 10 years um but it was i mean it was just amazing to see like that side of logan and just not the you know steroided out that a lot of people wanted but it's just i mean this movie is just so freaking good and best one of the best westerns that have come out in Mm -hmm. recent memory like definitely it's definitely a modern western for sure yeah coming up in in a bit so we're not done talking about logan Um, are, are we getting an X-Men reboot? Is that happening? Yeah, we are. Soon, please. Like, I, mean, I they also like, the, I also like the X-Men. I would just would like Marvel to do it. <laughs> I think Marvel is just like, at this point, they're like, we don't really need that like game changing movie right now. We can kind yeah. of do whatever we want. And they're just going to keep Fantastic Four and X-Men kind of in their back pocket. And like, we're going to do this on our own time and not everyone else's. The problem, though, is the longer they wait to reboot X-Men, the less and less chance of casting Zoe Deutsch as Rogue. So, I've got an issue here. Just go Caitlin Deaver, right? Yeah, you probably have to. (laughs) Um, My number seven is Guardians of the Galaxy from 2014. Nice. Directed by James Gunn, stars Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana. Um, 
Light years from Earth, 26 years after being abducted, Peter Quill finds himself the prime target of a manhunt after discovering an orb wanted by Ronan the Accuser. Um, so the Guardians first appear in Marvel Superheroes number 18 from January 1969, which I did not realize that the Guardians were that old. The initial roster consisted of Vance Astro, which is just like I'm assuming generic, he's from space. <laughs> the most generic. Hey, you're a space boy. That sounds like that sounds like the like the Houston Astros are thinking about a mascot. Let's like brainstorm names for this mascot. Vance Astro. Vance Astro. <laughs> uh, Martin X Tanaga, um, Captain Charlie Twenty Seven, and Yandu Udonta. Which oh, I didn't so realize that Yandu's an OG. Yandu. I guess so. <laughs> Um, later members include Stakar Ogord, Alita Ogord, and Nikki. Just Nikki. Nikki Ogord? Not, I, it's not a family one? It just says Nikki. I, <laughs> that's, that's her superhero name is Nikki. Um, this movie is it's fun and heartfelt, and I had never heard of any of these characters before this movie had come out, so I had no idea what to expect. But it's one of my favorite Marvel movies ever. We've talked about it on this show a bunch of times before because it keeps showing up on my list of favorites because it's just so good. That's my dad's favorite superhero movie. And it's only because of the soundtrack. Soundtrack like, rules. It, which it does, but it's just hilarious. Yeah. Like, w- like my, my younger brother is such a huge, uh, like, like MCU fan. Like he mm. is such a nerd about MCU and he always talks about it, and my dad is just like, everything is just going over his head. And he's just like, yeah, but Guardians of the Galaxy is the best movie. And he just gets under my brother's skin, who he's also a Spider-Man fan, so he thinks No Way Home is the best one. He's like, why? Why is that your favorite? He's like, have you heard the soundtrack? The soundtrack's really good. He's got a point. The soundtrack rips. It does. It does rip. Uh, Who has a better superhero name, though? Nikki or Bailey Hoskins? (laughs) <laughs> Bailey gets the last name at least. Or Ugly John. <laughs> Ugly John's one of the best. <laughs> I'm looking that's at still, your X-Men list right now. <laughs> that still might be my favorite episode we've ever done. What about Strong Guy? <laughs> <laughs> that genuinely might be my favorite episode we've ever done is the X-Men episode. We really Stupid. need to do a what comic book movies do we want? And honestly, both of our lists would just be your list from. <laughs> and it would end with our Edgar Wright Gold Balls movie. Yeah, I thought, how has this not happened already? <laughs> Edgar Wright Gold, Ball, Gold Balls starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. <laughs> I need it like yesterday. Nick man. Frost is Ugly John. Simon Pegg is Gold Balls. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and, you, and you have Martin Freeman come in and play Bailey Hoskins and just blow himself up. Yeah, God, poor Bailey Hoskins, man. One power is to blow himself up. Can only be used one time. Oh, man. Um, Okay, number six. You guessed it. It's the movie that changed my life. The the movie that made me believe in comic book movies. It's Spider-Man 2002, directed by Sam Raimi. After being bitten by a genetically altered spider, nerdy high school student Peter Parker is endowed with amazing powers to become the amazing superhero known as Spider-Man. Wow, they used amazing twice in that uh, sentence. It's um, kind of his whole thing, you know. <laughs> uh, starring Tobey Maguire, Willem Dafoe, the beautiful and amazing Kirsten Dunst, James okay, Franco. Calm down. Okay, chill out, dude. 
<laughs> J.K. Simmons, uh, a young Joe Manganiello, uh, <laughs> who plays a high school student, even though he looks like he's 35. Yep, and probably yep, was yep. 35. Uh, but yeah, this movie, I remember my dad taking me to this movie. It was amazing. I loved it so much. The only thing I had before this was just animated Spider-Man and comic books. So like, this was like the pinnacle of everything. It was the first time I ever was just amazed by a live action comic book movie. And of course it had to make my list. I love, I love this movie so much. If you want to hear two very funny, talented people talk about Spider-Man, Austin Danger Podcast just released an episode on Spider-Man, and it's very fun listen. And Ammonite Movie Night also has a, a Spider-Man episode. Yeah. So just, if you want to hear Kev talk about this movie <laughs> twice, go listen to both of those episodes. Uh, okay, my number six is Logan. You already talked about it, so I don't have to do the whole, the whole spiel. But uh, Wolverine first appeared in the last panel of The Incredible Hulk number 180, before having a larger role in number 181, cover dated November 1974, which I thought Wolverine would be older than that, but I guess not. Yeah. He's not as old as the Guardians of the Galaxy. What, which what year did you say? 1974. 19... Yeah, that's about, like, X-Men was made because of the Civil Rights move it, Movement, so, uh, like, okay. that, that kind of makes sense. Gotcha. Uh, but, I mean, you just talked about it, so I don't have to hit a whole lot, but it, this was a deeply emotional and interesting and pretty incredible conclusion to a character that we'd grown really connected to over 20 years at this point, yeah. like late nineties is when it was when Hugh Jackman was cast as Wolverine. So it's like a pretty incredible send off that is just an emotional gut punch, but in a lot of really good ways. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, that gosh, just thinking about that ending is just good. God, just mm-hmm. James Mancold was like, I'm going to ruin every 20 to 25 year old's life right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was rough, man. Um, okay. Number five, the, I think it's still the high, highest grossing independent movie of all time. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. Came out in 1990, directed by Steve Barron. Oh, I hate this description. It's short, but I just don't like the wording. A quartet of mutated humanoid <laughs> turtles clash with an uprising criminal gang of ninjas. It's it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fighting the Foot Clan. That's the description yeah. of this movie. It's amazing. It's so fun. I watched this movie so much as a kid. I had it on yeah. VHS. Uh, it was amazing. I don't care if the graph or the practical effects look weird now <laughs> it's still this is the ninja turtles i want i don't want that animated cgi stuff i want this one yeah i haven't seen this in a very long time but i also grew up with it and loved it a lot as a kid like i watched this a ton as a kid i watched the animated show a lot as a kid like i loved ninja turtles this would be an amazing movie to do on we should watch a movie i wonder if ellen's seen it Let's pretend that she hasn't, If she, even if she has. Honestly, though, this could be maybe a good uh, commentary episode, you know? Just saying. Oh, that's a fun idea. <laughs> uh, okay, my number five is Spider-Man No Way Home, 2021. Okay. Directed by John Watts, stars Tom Hollins and Dan Benedict Cumberbatch. Peter Parker is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life from the high stakes of being a superhero. When he asks for help from Doctor Strange, the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. 
Um, so on June 5th, 1962, a comic book called Amazing Fantasy number 15 changed the world. Written by Stan Lee with art by Steve Ditko, the issue told a genre-defining story about a kid named Peter Parker, his run-in with a radioactive spider, and the death of his uncle. Instantly regarded as a brilliant first issue, the story of Amazing Fantasy number 15 has stood the test of time and is now widely thought of as one of the greatest character origins in all of fiction. It is. So, ni- it 1962. Is. Um, we talked about this movie at length last week, both of us, and it's coming up for you in a bit, I'm sure. Next. Um, it's so, my next uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't have to get too deep into it, but I just it's fun. The visuals were great. The fan service was perfect. This was literally everything I wanted from it, and I wanted a lot from it. So I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, this was – so this is my number four. This was like a gift to Spider-Man yeah. fans. Like, I get people not liking fan service stuff, but like – when it's geared towards you, it's perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. the reason why I love Rise of Skywalker, and it's the reason why mm-hmm. I love No Way Home. Uh, but yeah, this was amazing. I saw it like five times in the theaters. It was so good. Um, just like all of my favorite people, and all are in one movie. And then you have this redemption for Andrew Garfield, who just didn't get his chance to be the Spider-Man he could have been, and now like retroactively those movies suck even more for me because it's just like could you imagine if you had a good director behind those movies with andrew garfield we could have got like five of those movies big problem he's just too cool to be peter parker yeah but i mean like but with this andrew like make him like this angry like andrew garfield who's like struggling like oh my god that would have been sick these movies could have been so good um but they just had terrible i mean sony just sucks sony's the yeah. worst just stick yeah. like all of that money start making more playstation 5 so i could freaking buy one like stop I would love to buy movies. one i would absolutely <laughs> love to buy a playstation 5 uh but yeah no way home just so good um so amazing i cannot wait for this to come out on dvd so i can just binge all of the spider-men just back to back to back to back i just yeah. that's gonna be my new like that might replace my Christmas Star Wars rewatch. It's watching Ooh. all of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, Star Wars is just getting less and less fun because people are getting like to be bigger and bigger buttholes about it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Spider-Man's still fun, at least. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number four is Wonder Woman 2017. Directed by Patty Jenkins, stars Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. Uh, An Amazon princess comes to the world of man in the grips of the First World War to confront the forces of evil and bring an end to human conflict. Uh, The character first appeared in All-Star Comics number 8, published October 21st, 1941, with her first feature in Sensation Comics number 1 in January 1942, and has run continually ever since. So it's just constantly or continually getting wonder woman comics since 1942 is insane um this is the best dceu movie by a mile it's an incredible introduction to a beloved did you not see batman versus superman don't do this don't do this bad joke hate you bad joke um the visuals are beautiful the story is compelling the action scenes are exciting it's literally everything that anyone could want from a superhero movie it's so well made it's so interesting it looks so good i just don't understand why dc can't just keep doing stuff like this please (laughs) just well they got close to it in justice league you know did they? When Joker <laughs> asked to give Batman a reach round, I mean, that is still that's like Aaron Sorkin level writing. 
we're on like <laughs> we're on like hour four of Justice League, and the Joker asks to give Batman a reach around, and it's just like now you're just being mean. I heard Sorkin flew in just to write that scene. <laughs> Surprise me. He also wrote probably about around the time he's writing Being the Ricardos. <laughs> Just a bad couple of months for our boy Aaron. <laughs> That's my number four. That was a good joke. Uh, uh, okay, my number three is Men in Black. Nice. Uh, came oh, out. This 19- is a good one. I did oh, not yeah. even think about this. Did not know there was a Men in Black comic. Came out in 1997, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who... Oh my god, I've never heard that name before. Let's see what Me else neither. he's done. He's only directed Oh my gosh, dude, this list of movies. Sorry, I'm just going The Adams Family, Whoa. Men in Black 2, Men in Black 3, The Adams Family Values, and wait for it. Wild Wild West. <laughs> Wild Wild West rips, dude. Yeah, it does. Uh, after a police chase with an otherworldly being, a New York City cop is recruited as an agent in a top-secret organization established to monitor and police alien activity on Earth, the Men in Black. Agent K and new recruit Agent J find themselves in the middle of a deadly plot by an intergalactic terrorist who has arrived on Earth to assassinate two ambassadors from opposing galaxies. Okay, if you're a 90s kid, you understand Mm -hmm. Will Smith is the greatest actor of all time. It's just like, <laughs> that's just kind of how it was then. I mean, you had Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and then he does Independence Day and then freaking Men in Black. And it's yeah. probably like next to Jaws, like the greatest summer blockbuster of all time. This movie, Men in Black. this movie's just so fun. You have Tommy Lee Jones just being ridiculous and hilarious. Vincent D'Onofrio playing in, an alien cockroach like this is just <laughs> rip torn just sugar water rip torn like just really just playing himself as this like person running the secret agency that is an idiot um but like this movie just so fun i love watching this movie it's 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 just a great time i've never read the comic books but it's th- like will smith is just the greatest action movie star of all time yeah, I didn't even a, know this This was a comic book. There was a time in history where we had Will Smith dropping just summer blockbuster after summer blockbuster and King Griffey Jr. just being the coolest dude of all time. Like, yeah. that what was, we were alive. living in that world at one point. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Goodness, 1997, are you kidding me? Oh, why, what a, I, God, I love, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I love Men in Black. That's another movie that I just wore out that VHS as a kid. We need to find someone who hasn't seen that movie. It'd be a very fun We Should Watch a Movie episode. Very yeah. fun recast. Yeah. Um, okay, my number three is Thor Ragnarok. Okay. A lot of MCU but, stuff. Yeah, uh, like half, maybe a little more than half of my list. But um, Directed by Taika Waititi, stars Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, and Kate Blanchett. Thor is imprisoned on the other side of the universe and finds himself in a race against time to get back to Asgard to stop Ragnarok, the destruction of his homeworld, and the end of Asgardian civilization at the hands of an all-powerful new threat, the ruthless Hela. Um, so Thor um, is an American comic strip superhero created for Marvel Comics by writer Stanley and artist Jack Kirby. The character derived from the Germanic god of the same name first appeared in Journey into Mystery number 83, 
uh, from August 1962. So Thor has been around forever as a superhero. Um, this is another one. We've talked about this movie a ton on this show for good reason because it keeps coming up. Every time I get a chance to talk about it, I talk about how much I love Thor Ragnarok. Taika revived a character that had grown stale and turned him into maybe probably the most fun Avenger. Um, yeah. Certainly one of the most fun Avengers. This movie's exciting and vibrant. The music is great. The visuals are great. Taika is a king. Thor Ragnarok rules. Jeff Goldblum in this? Are you kidding? <laughs> Jeff Goldblum Sweet. in everything. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, Thor Ragnarok rules. It's so, like, this has become such a huge character. Like, Thor, like, in the, like, vernacular of pop culture is so huge. Mm -hmm. But, like, thinking about them, like, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee coming up with superheroes, like, this is an extremely lazy, like, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Let's do from mythology. Let's do Hercules, <laughs> which is a real comic book character in the MCU. What if we? Okay, these characters are already made. They already have backstories. What if we just made up superheroes instead? And honestly, it worked. So good for them. Like the only difference they made was just like, yep, Asgard's a real place. It's just in space. <laughs> good for them, dude. Yeah, seriously, They're rich because of it. Um, That's but my yeah. number three. Just hilarious to think about that. Like, they come up yeah. with, like, you know, like, Iron Man, Spider-Man. Hey, let's just steal everything from Norse mythology. <laughs> also, I just, you wonder why they stopped at Thor. Why not just keep going, you know? Well, they did. I think, so, they have, I think DC does the Greek mythology. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that makes sense. There's no Egyptian mythology superheroes. Get on it. Rick Riordan probably already got to that. Yeah. Uh, he definitely he, did. He, yeah. he absolutely did. He's gotten every mythology. Yeah. It's good for him. Uh, okay. My number two, which a lot of people probably have it at their number one, uh, is The Dark Knight. Came yep. out in 2008, directed by Christopher Nolan. Uh, Batman raises the stakes in his war on crime with the help of Lieutenant Jim Gordon and District Attorney Harvey Dent. Batman sets out to dismantle the remaining criminal organizations that plague the streets. The partnership, per, yeah, the partnership proves to be effective, but they soon find themselves prey to a reign of chaos unleashed by a rising criminal mastermind known to the terrified citizens of Gotham as the Joker. Starring Christian Bell, Heath Ledger, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Aaron Eckhart, who has the biggest chin dimple of all time. <laughs> Uh, this this is probably the greatest superhero movie ever made, like, critically. Like, definitely just – I don't think I've ever heard anyone give this, like, a bad review. Like, I think Proto gave it four stars in the recent 70-millimeter episode, and that's, like, the lowest review that <laughs> that I've ever heard of, of this movie. It's just so good. Heath Ledger, we did our villains episode. He was my number one villain of all time. I just love chaos, and that's what Heath Ledger brought to this role. Christian Bale, my favorite Batman for sure. Maybe, honestly, it might be Ben Affleck. Uh, Gary Oldman, just fantastic in everything. Is that true? I really, I really do. I think it might be Ben Affleck in oh. the four-hour Justice League movie. Um, Goodness. And that's not a joke. Um, he's he's another he's one of those that like I think he's an excellent Bruce Wayne and he feels like a weird Batman. Yeah, um, but I mean this movie just kind of redefined the genre in a way. This was amazing. There was like a six year span where we got 
Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then Spider-Man 3, which is just kind of like crazy and awesome that we got that before the MCU even started. Um, but yeah, this movie, I, I don't really know what else to say about it because everyone has kind of said everything. Um, the mm-hmm. only flaw in this film mm-hmm. is that Aaron Eckhart, Harvey Dent said he was Batman and he has the big, he just has like this hole in his chin and the only thing you can see on Batman is his chin. Like, yeah. how was Jim Gordon just like, no, nah, like, that's not you. Like, you're not, <laughs> you're not Batman. I've seen his chin before, and he doesn't have a giant hole in it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, Dark Knight's obviously my number one, so I'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, my number two is Black Panther, of course, yeah, there you go. 2018. Directed by Ryan Coogler, stars Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, and Lupita Nyong'o. King T'Challa returns home from America to, be, to the reclusive, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda to serve as his country's new leader. However, T'Challa soon finds out that he is challenged for the throne by factions within his own country as well as without. Um, using powers reserved by Wakandan kings or reserved to Wakandan kings, T'Challa assumes the Black Panther mantle to prevent Wakanda from being dragged into a world war. Uh, Black Panther was uh, first appeared in Fantastic Four number 52, dated July 1966, uh, right in the middle of the Silver Age of comic books. Um, this is my favorite Marvel movie by kind of a wide margin, another one that we've talked about a ton on this show, uh, and I think everybody knew it was going to be in my top two, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, I deeply love this movie and this character and this world that they've created, this country that they've created. It's such a beautiful mix of culture and technology. The action scenes are incredible. The story is moving and gripping and compelling, and it's just perfect. I deeply, dearly love Black Panther. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, my number one. You know, The Dark Knight might be the most critically acclaimed superhero movie of all time but this is actually the greatest one of all time because i have final say and i'm always correct that's just kind of how it works um it's spider-man 2 came out in 2004 directed by sam raimi peter parker is going through a major identity crisis burned out from being spider-man he decides to shelve his superhero alter ego which leads the city suffering in the wake of carnage left by the evil doc ock in the meantime parker still Still can't act on his feelings for Mary Jane Watson, a girl he's loved since childhood. Tobey Maguire, the beautiful Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Alfred Molina, who is freaking awesome in this movie and was also amazing in No Way Home. Um, This is my favorite superhero movie of all time. This is like, it's got the right amount of campy. It's got the right amount of dramatic. Like, this is what I think about when I think about, like, what is the perfect live action comic book movie. I compare it to this movie, Spider-Man two every single time. This is one of my favorite top 10 favorite movies ever. I love this one so much. It's so good. It's amazing. I just love it. I won't make Toby McGuire jokes. I think you deserve a break. I've been enough lately. He's a great Spider-Man. Just deal with it. (laughs) Sure. Uh, If you say so, just deal with it. Um, I think, I, my, maybe my favorite letterbox review I've ever written I wrote about this movie. It's, it's ironic that Alfred Molina played the villain because his refusal to let Tobey Maguire and James Franco ruin this otherwise very good movie was nothing short of heroic. Okay. <laughs> Alfred Molina. Okay. What's your next? What's your next movie. freaking movie? What's your Alfred next? Molina, I'm talking about good things. Alfred Molina is the maybe the best comic book villain ever. Like, 
after rewatching these movies. Um, well, I don't know, dude. Heath Ledger is the Joker is probably number one. Yeah, but it's Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is up there. He's so oh so, yeah, he's so number incredibly two. good. Yeah, seeing him come back for No Way Home was so incredible. But yeah, he's he is the. He's the best part of anything in the Sam Raimi trilogy, and I like the Sam Raimi trilogy. Like, I don't, I don't dislike it at all. But Alfred Molina is just so, so good. Yeah. Um, and my number one's The Dark Knight. Obviously, um, you already went through the whole thing, so I just, this is this is an easy choice for a num- my number one is the best comic book movie of all time. I think it's best one of the best movies of all time. Full stop. Um, it's a superhero movie, a heist movie, a crime movie, a mystery, a thriller. Heath Ledger puts forth maybe the greatest performance in the history of film. I just, this movie is pretty well perfect. And people are, every podcast in the entire world that even sniffs pop culture is going to be talking about Dark Knight this week. I don't need to get too much into it. You already talked about it. I'm not going to tell anybody anything about the Dark Knight they haven't already heard. But this movie is, it's kind of, and as much crap as I give Christopher Nolan on the show, just kind of in general, this movie is incredible. Did your parents let you see this in theaters when you were younger? I was, I was uh, three years younger than you when this came out. I, I, I was 16 when it came out. Okay. Um, so I was, I was, I think I was 12. Yeah. When it hit I, I was, I was 16 when this came out. So, I mean, I, I don't remember. I might have seen it in the theaters. I didn't go to the movies a lot in high school. I truly did not really care about movies until I got older. So. My, I need to check and see, but, like, so my mom, like, so, like, the trailer, like, all the posters for this was that, like, you know, Joker standing behind that, like, kind yeah. of, like, faded glass and just writing, like, why so serious in blood. Yeah. Um, and she was obviously like, you're not going to go see this movie in the theaters. You're too young to see it. Um, but I can't remember. I went and like, I tricked her into thinking I was going to go see another movie. Oh, it was Inception. So I, mm. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Inception. Um, it's only showing me release weekend. I got, I got to figure this out. It was like some movie. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't really forbidden from seeing hardly anything growing up. I, my parents weren't that kind of strict. They kind of just let me see whatever. Um, but I, I I don't I might have seen this in theaters again. I don't have the best memory, but I we just that's not really something that I did for fun with my friends. We were always out doing other stuff. We didn't go to the movies a ton. You know what it is? You're gonna laugh at this. You're gonna you're gonna think it's really funny. The movie I bought a ticket for was Wally. And I went and saw The Dark Knight. <laughs> Maybe if you had just gone and seen Wally, you wouldn't have such a deep-seated prejudice against robots, Ty. I don't know, man. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, Dark Knight's perfect. Go listen to the 70mm episode that they just did on Dark Knight. It's going to be way more entertaining and interesting than anything we can say about it. Still can't believe Preto gave it four stars. I mean, yeah, what a yeah. sham. <laughs> what a sham. All right, anything else before we take a break? No, that's it. Alright, we will be right back with Batman Chain. Hello everybody. Thank you for hanging out with me and Ty as we power rank our favorite live action comic book movies. Um, we're getting ready for the Batman. We are gonna be joined in just a second by Batman Shane, um, who uh, if you just listen to his name, he is obsessed with Batman. And so I'm excited to hear 
his thoughts, his hopes, uh, maybe things he's hoping doesn't happen in the Batman this weekend. Um, but I'm excited to talk to him about this. Um, but I wanted to jump in here real quick to let you guys know next week's episode, we are going to be ranking our favorite Disney songs of all time with Callie. Um, if you're a listener to We Should Watch a Movie, we just got done talking about all the Lord of the Rings movies with Callie. Um, she is super fun and we're super excited to have her on rankings um, but if you have any favorite disney songs ones that you want to make sure get shouted out in the episode um go ahead and shoot us an email you can either type out an email or you can send us a voicemail in the form of an mp3 um, and you can send that to rankingspod at gmail.com don't forget the double k in the middle and we'll play it on the episode all right back to the show and we are back with this week's special guest judge. It's Batman week, so of course we had to have him on. It's Batman Shane. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Good to be here, as always. How's everybody doing this week? Doing good. We tried to get Michael Caine, but... Or Michael Keaton. <laughs> Michael Keaton, yeah. Michael Caine, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. Adam West did respond, but... It was just, <laughs> From the grave, no yeah. less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Like it was it. this person that wanted to do this Ouija board thing. We almost got him on, but... Yeah, you know, scheduling nice. conflict. <laughs> that is just—it was an audio issue. Of Ouija, Ouija boards, a very visual thing. Yeah, you know, it just yeah. didn't really work out. Yeah, Maybe for when sure. We start our YouTube channel. Ghost hate then. podcast. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they really do. Good. Yeah. Uh, Shane, it's Batman week. How you feeling? I'm I'm excited, man. Look, any week that there's new, there's a new Batman thing coming out. It's exciting, yeah. but there's a whole nother level of excitement when there's a Batman movie coming out. And to be clear, there has not been a Batman movie in a decade, right? And when I say that, what oh, I mean is. Yeah. I mean, Batman v Superman, that was a co-bill with Superman. Right. There was Justice League, but he's obviously, you know, not alone in that. Yeah, so it's not been since the Dark Knight Rises that there has been a strictly Batman film. So it's been in decades. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for sure. I'm sure. nervous. I'm nervous about it. Yeah, I mean, look, Warner Brothers still owns DC, so... If nothing else, uh, Batman fans have learned over the course of years at this point to approach anything with cautious optimism. So yeah. uh, my my enthusiasm is not unbridled, but it's it's certainly uh, you know. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. But at the same time, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the movie. I trust Sweet. everyone involved, like Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, Andy Serkis, like Paul Dano's the greatest weird villainy actor of all time. I trust everything. It's just that Warner Brothers logo pops up, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, look, it's going to be interesting, right? I mean, my, I, I'm super excited. Let me tell you what I'm excited about. I'm excited about Matt Reeves, right? Matt Reeves is a director who did something that, that for me, few directors uh, have done before, which is that he took a franchise I cared very little about. Uh, the Planet of the Apes franchise. And by the time he was done with it, I was like, oh, these movies are awesome. Yeah. So I absolutely trust Matt Reeves um, that he's going to direct a great film. And it's, I mean, it looks good, right? It's been well documented now that it very much looks like David Fincher uh, shot this film. And as a David Fincher junkie, that excites yeah. me to no end. Especially he, that I first haven't trailer really... with Nirvana playing in the background. My God. Yeah. For sure, dude. Yeah. And, you know, the reviews are slowly starting to come out and I haven't read any of the reviews or whatever. But the one thing that I am gathering from just seeing the headlines is that this movie does something that that other Batman movies really haven't so far, which is it really digs into the, the moniker that Batman is the world's greatest detective. Right. So I think there's not going to be a ton of 
Batman saves the city from a bomb, you know, that's going to blow everything up. I think it's going to be a lot of police procedural detective work. And so I think that might throw some people, but it is certainly one of the aspects of Batman that has been underserved in movies for, for decades. So I'm certainly excited uh, there. The only thing for me that's still giving me a little bit of pause is Robert Pattinson. And it's not because he's not a good actor. He's an incredible actor. He was great in Good Time. He was good in Tenet, right? He was good in that. Twilight. Uh, he was, yeah, yeah, Twilight. <laughs> what was that Netflix movie that he did? I think Tom Holland was in it, too. It was something oh, about the devil. Uh, devil All the Time. Devil All the Time. That's yeah. the movie. Yeah, he was also really good in that. So I have no doubt that he's going to be a good actor and he can pull it off. But there's something about, to me, the physical shape of Batman, right? And, and you know, you can joke about it all you want, but, but you know, Ben Affleck getting ripped into shape, that's what Batman looks like to me, right? Yeah. And everything I've seen in the trailer so far, I'm just like, mm, I don't buy it yet with Robert Pattinson. He looks like a kid doing cosplay at Comic-Con. Um, but, but all that to say, I, I, I would be delighted to be proved wrong. I have been wrong many, many times about Batman before. I didn't like it when they cast, uh, Ben Affleck. I didn't like it when they cast Heath Ledger, right? Like, I, you know, I, I've been wrong about Batman castings multiple, multiple times. So I'm hoping to be proved wrong and uh, I'm hoping that it, I come away and uh, I love it. So we'll see. I think he like, I totally get that. Like he does not look like a jacked Batman. But he kind of like I'm kind of imagining imagining him looking more like the Batman Beyond uh, animated series, which is like my favorite Batman animated series. So, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, the real test of it is going to be how he pulls off Bruce Wayne. Right. I mean, anybody oh, I could. Anybody can be Batman, right? Anybody you you get fit in a custom suit and you get that eyeliner on. Everybody looks, you know, awesome. But it's really how you play Bruce Wayne that's going to determine. And from what I've seen in the trailers, he looks like he's going for a really mopey kind of emo Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And that's certainly a choice, but you got to think about it from the universe perspective of being inside that universe. If you met that guy and he was weird and mopey and emo, you'd be like, that guy's definitely Batman, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know, like Michael Keaton, who I love as Batman, it, like he's such a weirdo, like with turtlenecks and glasses and he just broods in his house that like 10 minutes after meeting that guy, you'd be like, he's definitely Batman. It's freaking Batman, right? Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think that Ben Affleck, it was super underappreciated in his performance was... He was a drunk buffoon, right, at multiple points throughout the movie, and that was on purpose because it's like there's no way that guy's Batman. He's yeah. a jerk, you know? And so, yeah. yeah. It's, so we'll see. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but I am also excited. It's going to be a good week, fellas. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. I do have a couple other just generic questions for you. Yeah. Um, not not going to pick your brain too much, but you already mentioned uh, – how you feel about Robert Pattinson? How about Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman? Zoe Kravitz is great. She's an incredibly talented actress. I have no doubt that she's going to crush, you know, again, my, my concern, my, not even a concern. My interest there is just going to be, how did, the, how did the director choose to characterize the character in the script? She's going to be fantastic regardless. I've seen her in a number of things where she's, you know, yeah. awesome. So I have full faith that she's going to crush it. Yeah. And so, we've never gotten a good Catwoman. So the bar set pretty low. I don't know, man. I liked Anna Hathaway, but that's that's just me. I, you know, I suppose that there were some things that rubbed people the wrong way about Anne Hathaway in general, but I thought she was great. Uh, all right. How about, can I get a generic, I hope they do this. Like, I, I want to see this out of this Batman movie. Yeah, I mean, I hope that they really strike the right tone, which is 
that Batman is a dark and brooding character, but there's also a little room for levity and for, you know, for not yuck yucks, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be serious and dour. And I feel like Batman movies have progressively gotten more and more dark. And while I think that's a good thing, I think that, you know, some of the best Batman comics ever do have a fun side to them. They have a little bit of adventure. They have a little bit of uh, levity or, or uh, there's a joy to them that I hope that this movie just isn't super bleak to where you leave the theater, like depressed, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm going to go read some Nietzsche and uh, drink some uh, tea or something. You know, it's like, I hope that there's a little bit of fun to it. Yeah. And then what about a, I hope they don't do this. Let's see. I hope, well, what do I hope they don't do? I mean, I, I just hope that they, they don't go overboard. Like I, said, I it's the same thing. It's the tone. I hope that they don't go overboard with the darkness and kind of brooding because I think that, there is kind of a, a, a scale there and eventually you can tip the scale into parody where it's like that Lego Batman, like darkness, my parents are dead. Like <laughs> I just, I hope it doesn't go that far into that realm that it easily becomes like memeable, you know what I mean? Or it becomes yeah. kind of a parody of itself. You think we're going to get a slow-mo pearls bouncing on the concrete scene? I, I sure hope not. <laughs> my God. If they, I swear, if, if Matt Reeves stoops so low as to film Bruce Wayne's parents getting murdered again, I'm going to be like, guys, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? You know, that was the smartest thing that Spider-Man did, right? The new Spider-Man yeah. movies is that they just skipped over the Uncle Ben thing because they're like, we got it. You know, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. you, we don't want to see you don't another to. one die. Right. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Uh, last, last one is how are we feeling about the three hour runtime is optimism, pessimism doesn't matter. I'm fine with it. I look, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp of movies need to be however long they need to be. Right. There are some movies that are 80 minutes, right? Like Pixar films that are 85, like toy story is like not even 90 minutes and it's a near perfect film. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have movies like blade runner that are almost three hours and they're also nearly perfect. Right. So I, the, the three hour runtime does not phase me. Um, in any way, shape, or form. And it and it shouldn't really for anybody. I mean, you know, it's like, I understand people don't like sitting in the theater for that long, but also it's like so many people binge shows now in a weekend that it's like, you have the time. You absolutely have the time to watch this movie. Um, you know, and, and look, if you if you watch it and it's too long for you, then the next time you watch it on HBO or whatever, just fast forward to the parts you like, you know? Yeah. I am shockingly okay with the three-hour runtime on this. Nice, nice. Because what makes you say that? I, my biggest complaints Batman. about everything that DC... Well, yeah, one, it's Batman and Batman rules. But yeah. the, my biggest complaint with the things that the DC and Warner Brothers have tried to do so far is they've tried to do too much too fast. Right. And so the last thing I want is for them to try to rush another Batman story. Right. Which would just be an absolute disaster. Yeah, but agreed, agreed. Take the time, just, set up the world, and let me live in it a little bit, you know? I'm just absolutely going to need the run P app that tells me the best time to go to the bathroom because I'm not making it three hours with a large cherry. Yeah, for sure. No, look, I'm I'm with you 100%. I can't do it. <laughs> like, it's, it's not even like a preference thing. It's like I physically will not be able to make it the entire red time of this movie with a large drink. Yeah, I hear well, that. I do have right, – uh, no. hey, I have a prediction. You heard it here first. I'm buying stock in this. Andy Serkis is going to be the best Alfred. I'm yes. calling it right now. He could be. I'm so – I'm more excited about that casting than I think any of the other casting choices for this. I think I'm more excited about it because they just don't show him in the trailers, like, at all. And I'm super pumped for it. I do think it's super weird that Andy Serkis mo-capped his performance and then made them (laughs) CG his face back on his own face. It was weird weird. that he did that. It was like, you could just act. And he's like, no, 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 you got to put me in a blue suit. and. (laughs) 
I think it's going to genuinely actually be weird when Alfred is more jacked than Batman. Yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. not even a joke. Like Andy Serkis is just a bigger buffer dude. Yeah, he was. He <laughs> got. Ripped. Well, remember he was in um, for Black Panther. Well, that and he was also in the, his character first appeared in I think the second Avengers film. And yeah. I remember yeah. when he shows up there, I remember thinking, "Geez, he worked out because he did. He had like huge yeah. biceps." So it was ripped. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ty. Any more Batman questions before we move on? Uh. Uh, what do you think about we're finally getting a good Riddler? I mean, just washing away the Jim Carrey of it all. Finally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, this is going to be cool. I think that this Riddler is very much going to be like the Zodiac killer or whatever. So I'm all for that. Another, I think it is super cool, yeah. too, that that, you know, Paul Dano and, and they all agree that like, yeah, he's going to wear like a like the gimp helmet from Pulp Fiction or whatever. Yeah. Like, you're never going to see his face. Like, that's pretty impressive that he committed to that. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm all in. Um, I do, I do miss the, uh, the green, uh, jacket with the question marks that Frank Gorshin oh. used to wear in the 66 <laughs> show, but not the appropriate venue for, uh, for that type of costume, I think. So what you're saying basically after hearing all of this is to pre- prepare for the Batman watch Zodiac is basically <laughs> yeah. what you're saying. I and would seven. not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, seven, it yeah. does. It does <laughs> seem like that Matt Reeves like made his cinematographer and his editor and you know, whatever, sit down and watch those films. I'm like, Hey, this is what we're going for here. So focus. So yeah, that would, I think that watching those movies will put you in a mindset for this film better than rewatching like the dark Knight or something for sure. As long as the writer didn't also get inspiration from seven, then I'm going to be okay. Oh my gosh, (laughs) Danny, stop. You're in the minority here. That's a good movie. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) Uh, okay, anything else before we move on to live-action comic book movies? Sweet. Shane, you've been here a million times. You know why you're here and what we're doing. Indeed. these lists out to you, label list A and list B, and then we'll shut up. You get time to pick our lists apart. You can say what you like, say what you don't like, um, initial reactions, whatever. If you have your own list, that would be the time to do that. Um, but all you have to do is pick a winner. Yeah. And we can uh, go from there. So if you're ready, if there are no longer, no further questions, comments, concerns, then I'll go ahead and get started. Yeah, let's do it. What if I just picked a winner immediately and we just wrap this up in two minutes? <laughs> I mean, no, you, I'm kidding. you definitely know whose show, list so. is whose already. So yeah, that's like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never been more sure of the minute I got sent the list. I was like, aha. Yeah, you didn't even need to put A and B. You could have just named them. <laughs> Uh, let's say the honorable mentions are American Splendor, Ghost World, and Road to Perdition. Number 10 is Spider-Man Far From Home. Nine is Spot- Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Eight is Spider-Man Homecoming. Seven is Logan. Six is Spider-Man. Five is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Four is Spider-Man No Way Home. Three is Men in Black. Two is The Dark Knight. And number one is Spider-Man 2. List B, the honorable mentions are Shaun of the Dead, The Edge of Tomorrow, and Star Wars A New Hope. Number 10 is Kingsman the Secret Service. 9 is Batman Returns. 8 is Avengers Endgame. 7 is Guardians of the Galaxy. 6 is Logan. 5 is Spider-Man No Way Home. 4 is Wonder Woman. 3 is Thor Ragnarok. 2 is Black Panther. And number 1 is The Dark Knight. Shane, you have the floor. Nice. Okay. So let's take these. Let's let's go over a couple of these. We don't have to spend a ton of time on them because I'm sure you went over them. Um, so let, let's dispense with the pleasantries. I, I, yeah. I know whose list is who. So Ty, right. you were list a, I'm certain yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, I, I've actually, away, was it that it was entirely Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's the factor. Number one. Um, what I, I'll be honest, I've never even heard of American splendor or ghost world, or if I have, I, they don't ring any bells. I didn't get a chance to look them up before we started recording. What are those films? So I don't know if you've been on since we started theming our honorable mentions and my theme for my honorable mentions is comic books 
the comic book series that were non-superhero. So non-superhero characters. So gotcha. American Splendor is a biopic about a, uh, a comic book creator uh, played by Paul Giamatti. Um, what was his name? Harvey Picard. Um, and he kind of just wrote everyday comic books and they just got really famous and he was on the tonight show like a lot, you know, back nice. in the day. It's really, it's a really interesting biopic. And then ghost world is kind of like a coming of age movie. That's just pretty, you know, by the books coming of age movie. And that's what the comics are. And gotcha. then road to perdition. You've seen road to perdition. I think I have, I, if, if I, if I were a bet man, I would say that road to perdition <laughs> might be coming up on somebody else's list in a little while. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. Cause my next question was going to be Danny, uh, star Wars famously not based on a comic book. So how did that get on there? Same with Shaun of the yeah. dead. Yeah. So my themes were comic books that came after the movie. Gotcha. Okay. So Shaun, Shaun of the dead, the comic book was written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Nice. Like, right as the movie was being released star wars a new hope of course was released around the same time as the movies kind of as a promotional tool and also to save marvel's butts um and then edge of tomorrow was i I, ty said it was a novel first and then a movie and then a comic book yeah Yeah. so yeah my, my theme was comics that came after not based on yeah for sure you know the funny thing is after i i had made my list and i'd locked it in i saw that you'd put edge of tomorrow and i was like oh man he's probably right because that movie was awesome and i think it was based on a it was on a manga that was what it was based on And yeah. then it got turned into a comic so yeah i mean for sure that that movie's incredible and i totally forgot about that okay um Danny, uh, Batman Returns, is that movie even a Batman movie or is it a Tim Burton monster film that just has Batman in it for 15 minutes? So I actually, I watched this today. This was the like, I've got time to watch one movie to prepare for this episode. I haven't seen Batman Returns in forever, but it is the most fun and bonkers movie maybe ever. But like... The whole t- I'm watching it and I'm like, we're 30 minutes in. Have we seen Batman yet? Like, <laughs> no, no, you haven't. Screen yeah. for like eight seconds. We're just getting so much of like Selena Kyle and Christopher Walken. It's been in so much of this so far. Danny DeVito, but just I like movies two hours long, and I was laughing and smiling for like an hour and 45 of it because it is just so over the top and campy and cheesy and ridiculous. And I had the absolute most amount of fun every single time I watched this movie. So I wanted to give to shout out because oh. it's just who who doesn't love a just pure fun campy comic book movie you know yeah for sure no i love it i love that movie it is decidedly not a batman film it's a tim burton monster movie right. that yeah but one of the things i love about that movie too i don't know if you guys brought this up but it, it bears repeating if you did i love the fact that the the guy they got to play christopher walken's son in the movie just does a christopher walken impression to his face for the duration of the film that takes yeah. stones to like look Christopher Walken in the eye and make fun of like to do his voice to his face. That's amazing. Every single choice they make in this movie is insane. Yeah. Like just... Selena Kyle's pushed off a building into a truck full of kitty litter. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever First, heard in my entire yeah. life, but it makes me laugh so much. Penguin yeah. was raised by penguins. Like how does a penguin yeah. raise a yeah, human it's baby? So <laughs> stupid that it's hilarious and campy and fun and it's just it's a purely good time yeah well and the other thing that i that like when you look back with the benefit of hindsight now it's like you can absolutely see where when this movie came out people were panicked like 
this is supposed to be for kids. And you have Penguin like violently dying in cold water and like vomiting green bile. You can absolutely tell how Warner Brothers did the course correction from that to Batman Forever, where you're like, we got to make this thing for kids, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Okay. Um, I don't know Guardi- if you've gotten to our non holiday holiday movies episode, but that no, was I'm working also my way up but... on Danny's list. Yeah, Batman yeah, returned my non holiday holiday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, it happens during the holidays. It's great. Yeah, I just I love this movie. It's so much fun. No, I love it. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. The thing that's interesting to me, a lot of similarities on you guys' list. Logan is definitely on there, almost in the same spot. So I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not realize that Men in Black was based on a comic book. That's interesting. I, that's news to me. So, yeah. did you read the comic? tie or no i was literally so like before we do every episode i'll make my own list and then i'll google like whatever the topic is just to see if i missed anything and men in black is like on the number one of every single list of like oh you didn't know this movie was based off a comic book on a comic book and i've never read the comics either but i really want to get into them and see what they're like yeah, for sure. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I just didn't know that because the, the the writer of the film, his name is Ed Solomon. He's a pretty famous screenwriter, and I remember it was like, it was a big deal when that script got sold because it was like a script that got sold for like millions of dollars, and it might have been like one of the most expensive scripts like ever sold at that point. So I just assumed that it was based wow. off of that, an original idea. But that's crazy. That is yeah. even crazier because we went through the catalog of this director's films, and before this, it was only like. Adam's family, Adam's, Adam's family. family values and get shorty. And then he just got to direct like the highest selling script ever. Like that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think I know who you're talking about. It's the, I forget his name and that's embarrassing now, but he was the Coen brothers cinematographer yeah. for years and years. Barry Sonnenfeld. That's his yeah. name. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Um, also awesome that uh, 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got put on that list. That's like my wife's all-time favorite movie, so that's cool. Highest grossing um, indie movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, it is. And Spider-Man 2 topping list day. That's a solid, it's a bold choice, but it is a solid choice because it is definitely, you go back and you watch that movie, it definitely, it, it, it does follow that template that, that, that superhero movies follow for like years and years to come, so that's yeah. good. Um, but yeah, I mean, these lists all seem pretty straightforward. I mean, it seems like you guys kind of did your patented blend of best and favorite at the same time. Yeah. Right. So that works. Right. So there's, I mean, there is nothing particularly with one exception. There's nothing particularly egregious about these lists. These lists seem all rounded, rounded out. Um, and they, they all is seem going to be the, is it going to be Kingsman or Scott Pilgrim? Which one's agreed? No, actually, no. I, you know what? I like Kingsman. Uh, I, I, and I seem to be the only person on the planet that really liked the King's man. I thought that movie was awesome. Oh, um, come on, Shane. I do. I did. I thought it was great. I don't know what more you'd want from a movie like that. Anyway. Okay. Here's, this is going to be a hot take and I'm prepared to have food thrown at me, but uh, Okay. Is Spider-Man No Way Home a good movie? Yes, it is. Yeah, of course it is. Is it a really good Spider-Man film? Absolutely. Does it belong anywhere on a list of top 10 greatest spider films of all time? Not even close. Like, it's not even close. It is the worst example of recency bias that I've seen. And it's and here's the thing. It's not you guys. It seems to be everybody is like, it's the greatest Marvel movie. It's the greatest. No, it's not. Come on now. Did you, did you guys get into spoilers uh, about the movie or did you? Okay. So, yeah. so we can talk freely about spoilers. Yeah, it's been out. It's been out for like okay. so long. So you know. just again, folks, if you're listening and you have not seen the movie, we're going to get into spoilers here. I, like what does the movie do 
other than just bring back the other two Spider-Man that's particularly unique or special. This doesn't need to do, my dude. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that, it's therefore it's a goodbye letter to Tom Holland because he's out of the MCU. That's what it, it's a love letter. It's like, thank you for your service. No, I don't know about yeah. that, dude. I think Sony's probably desperately making deals to put him back in. I don't think we've we've seen the last of. I don't know. I don't. Sony's another production company where I'm like, I don't trust anything that they do or say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I look. I did look. I, for the record, I really enjoyed Spider-Man: No Way Home. It in no way, shape, or form is like a, a memorable movie in the sense of like, oh, it, uh, it's anywhere near my top ten list of all time. It was certainly cool to watch, but I just, I, I don't know, man. It just. Other than just bringing those two dudes back, which is a phenomenon that comic book fans are super familiar with, right? I mean, they do that in comics all the time. If you watch, you know, there's all sorts of TV shows that do that, right? The CW shows like yeah. The Flash and Legend of Tomorrow, they did like a huge crossover where they brought back like Ezra Miller's Flash and they brought back like Kevin Conroy from, he was like in an alternate universe where he played like a real Batman. Um, and then Kevin his Conroy. dad and that is like the original like live action Flash from the TV yeah. show. Exactly. So, and, and of course, the, it's, you know, I do understand it's who did it first, but DC is doing that right next year or whatever with their Flash movie where oh, they're bringing yeah. back Michael Keaton and they're bringing back Ben Affleck. So, other than just the whole alternate <laughs> universes, people fighting at the same time, I just felt like it was a pretty standard, straightforward, you know, Spider Man movie. And so it was like, people are, I, in my opinion, people got a little bit lost in the shimmer of like, ooh, there's three Spider Man. But that's just me. It's a, is it a good movie? Yeah. But is it anywhere near my top 10? Not even close. No. I totally Disagree. get that argument. I totally get it. But this movie was made specifically for me. So, like, there's a lot <laughs> it clearly more. Clearly was. For it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's, I, I definitely agree that I have more love for it than it probably, like, I, I look at it with different, with, you know, rose colored glasses or whatever that saying is. I don't know what that yeah. saying is. I've heard I'm looking at your, I'm looking at your list. Every other film on your list is a Spider-Man film. Yeah. It's literally, it's like you felt like you had to pat it out with other fluff to just make it not Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shane says this now until he watches the Batman this weekend and Christian Bale and George Clooney. Yeah, wait for Keaton the Batman No Way in at Home. bat suits and you're going to freak out. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, that's true. For the record... This is the greatest I, movie of all time. Yeah, for the record, I will say, obviously, Val Kilmer, probably not... He himself is probably not in a place where he wants to come back and slide into that bat suit because of unfortunate his unfortunate medical condition and stuff. Yeah. But I do think that Clooney needs to get a little bit of a redemption. It was not his fault that that movie was not well regarded. So it's the nipples fault. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's what no way home gave us for Andrew Garfield. He that's got true. that yeah. redemption of like, that's like, See, that's exactly you're what it. you're talking about. It's like, if Clooney got that redemption and got a good enough director to like, give him that chance. Yeah, for sure. The other yeah, thing I love. Uh, yeah. The other thing I love about uh, just a quick little side note about Batman and Robin, apparently almost every single take before they shot Joel Schumacher would say to George Clooney and he'd go, okay. And remember that your parents are dead and action. <laughs> he would say that every single That's take. Awesome. And Clooney was like, what it like Clooney bu busted laughing like so many different takes. Cause he's like, stop <laughs> saying that. And then Joel was just having a good time and fooling around with him. I like, would yeah. love to, I wish that was like recorded somewhere. I would love to see that. And your parents are dead action. <laughs> and your parents are dead. This is super serious. Your parents are dead. Be sad and action. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love it. Yeah. Okay. So these are, no, these are all like, they're well-rounded. Li- I mean, one is a little Spider-Man heavy, but for the most part, I get where these bit. lists are coming from. So I have made a decision, but I will, in the interest of good radio, I will uh, drag it out so that I can tell you my list and then we'll get to the winner. So here is my list. And again, um, sometimes I kind of flip-flop when I come on the show. This time, I specifically wanted to make the, like my the best list, right? So like, okay. there are some films on my list that are not even necessarily my favorites. They're just the like, in my opinion, the best yeah. comic book movies ever made. Okay, so here we go. Honorable mention number thirteen, Batman nineteen sixty six. If you're ever in a foul mood. Yeah. Put that movie on. You will have a blast. It is so fun, right? It's like a team-up movie where the Joker, the Penguin, Catwoman, and the Riddler all team up to foil Batman, and he has to stop them. It's bright. It's poppy. It's, you know, it's really, really fun. You can find it on streaming somewhere. But if you've never seen the 66 movie, I cannot uh, stress how fun that movie is. I've never seen any Adam West Batman content. Me neither, actually. Uh, here's what I would say. The show, don't start with the show. Because the show, when you binge it, it can get a little tedious. Because there's 120 episodes, and all of them are two-parters. Because it was one of the first shows ever in the history of TV to air on two nights consecutively. Oh, so you'd watch an episode, and, it would, and Batman and Robin would always get into trouble. And then it would be like, you know... Uh, how are Batman and Robin going to escape this situation? Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. So when you binge it, it does kind of get a little tedious to watch all the bumpers and stuff. But if you just want to watch the 1966 movie, it's a two hour distillation of everything that was great about the series. And it had an even bigger budget than the series. So the, some of the special effects are better. They built like a bat boat for it. Like it's great, but it's still super cheesy. Plenty of the pow, biff, bam, like things. It's, it's awesome. So if you've never seen Adam West, start with the 66 movie. And then if you like it, move on to the show. Like Star Trek. That's what I tell people with Star Trek. Start with the yeah. movies and then the shows. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Okay, honorable mention number 12. Logan was on my list. Yeah, good yeah. good call on both your points. Because it was Logan was a movie where it was like all of a sudden people realized like, oh, you can do genre movies inside the comic book genre. So it's like yeah. Logan was a Western, yeah. you know, that just happened to be set in the comic book world. So yeah, that movie is incredible. I don't know if anybody black and white version. I was just about to say, yeah, the black and white version is pretty incredible it's too. So, so good, yeah, Danny, was, you got to watch great. it. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, of course. Danny, come on. I've you got to watch it. I've seen the color version. Why would I watch the worst version? <laughs> Can I pick yeah. that for, we should watch a movie. If you haven't seen a black no, and white version, <laughs> but you haven't seen the black and white version. It's completely yeah, different. True. It's the same movie. It's just I'm, worse. I'm not going to sit here and look to you in the face, Danny, and tell you that it's an entirely different movie. Cause it isn't, but it does hit a little different, but yeah, it's not yet. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, and last honorable mention in the number 11 spot is a movie. I think it came out in 1990. Uh, Dick Tracy, directed by and starring Warren Beatty. Oh, if you guys have never seen it, it is it is y- your jaw drops when you watch it because clearly Warren Beatty was a fan of Dick Tracy growing up, like the comic strips in the papers. And when he got enough clout, he was like, "I'm making a Dick Tracy movie." So he got Victorio Storaro, who is one of like the all time great cinematographers, to shoot this movie. The colors are so saturated and so bright and vibrant. They literally leap off the screen. And in addition to that, you've got Madonna in the movie looking incredibly stunning. And you also have Al Pacino in like this insane facial prosthetic thing where he has like a massive nose and a massive chin. And he's doing almost like a parody of 
his character in The Godfather. It's hard to explain, <laughs> but it's what all set. What is this that you're describing? Yeah, yeah. It's it's Some set insane. in the night. It's in, it is insane. Like you watch and you're like, what is going on? But in a good way. Like it makes sense. It's not like a failure or anything. It's a great. It's a good film. But it clearly came from the fact that Warren Beatty was like, I love Dick Tracy. I want to make a Dick Tracy movie. And he got this incredible talent to make it. And it definitely, it holds up, man. It's a weird experience, but it's awesome. So if you've never seen Dick Tracy, I think it's on HBO Max. It's it's a Warner Brothers film. So it's probably on HBO Max, but definitely check that out if you've never seen it. It's so great. Is it Dick Tracy like the, he wears like the yellow zoot yellow. suit yeah. from the he- mask? Exactly. He wears a yellow overcoat and a yellow fedora. So he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. The suit from the mask, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay. All right. So here we go. On to my actual top 10 list. Coming in at number 10 is a movie that nobody saw in 2012 that they should have seen because it was awesome. It was the Dread. It was Dread. The movie Dread. The one with Carl Urban where he played Judge Dread. Oh, if you have not seen that movie, I cannot yeah, recommend it enough. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone did one in the 90s, universally regarded as one of the biggest flops, biggest misfires of all time. It is. He's terrible. The movie's terrible. Carl Urban came in and they did this. Ba- you ever seen The Raid, Danny? Mm-mm. Okay. Basically, the plot is super simple. They go into this apartment complex that's like 100 stories tall, and they're trying to get to a drug dealer who's like got somebody kidnapped at the top. And the drug dealer finds out that they're in there and basically is like, I'll pay anybody who kills this guy a million dollars. So the whole apartment complex is like trying to kill Judge Dredd and then this other uh, police officer that's like first day on the job or whatever. Yeah, it's it's an awesome. Carl Urban is incredibly good. He never takes off the helmet. So you so literally you only see his like mouth like you do like Batman. You only see his mouth. You never even see his eyes. It's violent. It's 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 well shot. Uh, Dom Hall Gleason is in it. Lena Headey is the bad guy. She's like the main villain. It's got an incredible cast. No one saw it in theaters and it bombed, but it has since been, if you Google it, it has become like one of the most popular movies online of like, we need another sequel. We're sorry we missed it, but this movie is awesome. So, and I agree. It's, it's, it's hyper violent, just like the comics and it's great. The show is fantastic. The movie's fantastic. So that's why it's in my number 10 spot. uh, Dread. Yeah, I wasn't Sounds a huge cool. fan of this movie. I just didn't click with it at all. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, look, different strokes, different folks. But if you haven't seen it in a while, maybe give it another try. Yeah, you I'm like the only one that, like, everyone I follow on Letterboxd loves this movie. I'm like the only yeah. one that doesn't. Everybody except Brian. Brian gave it a worse score than you did. Well, yeah. This oh, is did he? Yeah, definitely well. not a Brian Gill movie. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like a Brian Gill movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, um, number nine. Uh, a movie that... Proved that comic books can be rated R, but they can do it in a way that feels natural to the character. I know, Danny, you don't not you do not like this movie, but I do. It was Deadpool is my oh, number nine. Yeah. I do yes. love me some Deadpool. I like there are a number of, of comic book movies that are rated R, like Kick Ass, but but those feel like they're trying to be rated R. Deadpool just naturally felt like it was rated R because it's basically exactly how he's portrayed in the comics. Yeah. Except, you know, he yeah, so uh, it's it's a great film. I, I like it. And Ryan Reynolds was clearly, it was the role he was born to play. If we had to suffer through a Green Lantern movie so that he could make this, it's all totally worth it, you know? And they corrected yeah. it in Deadpool 2. He got to yeah. shoot his past self in the yeah. head. <laughs> Spoiler. What's the, what's the over-under on Deadpool appearing in the new Doctor Strange uh, multiverse of madness? I, I would bet he's going to make a cameo. I, would I don't know. To. If, if anyone's going to go against... 
or get or convince the MCU to do that, it's Sam Raimi. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. For the record, just I, I don't for the listeners, I guess, I don't hate Deadpool. Like I don't you have hate this, it. like you, awful you visceral it. reaction. His shtick just wears at me. Like it it is his his whole thing is the I fourth wall thing is just tiresome to me after a while. But like I don't I don't hate it. I can sit through it just fine and like I'll laugh at the funny parts and like I don't like despise it, but I am not nearly as high on it as everybody else because I just get so tired of his whole deal. I'm yeah, so different pissed. strokes, different folks, dude. I'm so yeah, I get it. I yeah. didn't include that. I totally forgot about Deadpool. Yeah, see, right? Him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, number eight. I was at, when I made my list. I thought that we were going to have a little bit more controversy uh, with me putting this at number eight uh, because I thought that you guys would have had some other films on your list. Shockingly, nothing on this list. So this will be a good opportunity to, to maybe discuss it again for a second. Uh, my number eight is X Men First Class. Oh, okay. let me explain. I I'll be honest. I I, I like the X Men films don't love the X-Men films, right? Same. I don't, they're not bad. They're not bad, but almost every single X-Men movie, I leave the theater going like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sure. so that's exactly. I like, I think like the X-Men themselves are so cool. I think the animated series was a blast. Yeah. I just, the live action movies they've made have just been like, yeah, it's fine. I, right. The castings, I, I even like the casting decisions they make for like 90% of them. I just, the movies are so generic superhero. Yeah. It just doesn't do anything for me. The and reason like, they just, oh, like, sorry, go ahead. those like early 2000s ones, like, the, I loved those as a kid, but they just really struggled to hold up long term. Yeah. For sure. And that was my thing is all of those movies to me were fair to Midland, right? Like they're good, but they're not, they don't blow me away. And I think the reason why X-Men made my list, maybe a little bit of favoritism here, but I remember seeing X-Men first class and finally leaving a theater being like, okay, all right. Now we got the X-Men like, this is cool. Like we set it in the sixties, like where it went, you know, and like, cause it's, it's a tired metaphor. Like they're, you know, they're a stand in for civil rights. I know it's been beat into our heads over and over. So if you're going to do that, put it in the sixties when, you know, and I thought, this is great. Like, we've got this new cast and Fastbender and James McAvoy. Okay, awesome. So I left first class, like, being super pumped up. And then immediately, immediately, the next film, they're like, and we're bringing back Patrick Stewart. And we're bringing it <laughs> And everybody. And it's going to get confusing with all the timelines. And, like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. So they did not stick the landing. But I remember watching X-Men First Class and being like, Oh, this is so good. And then they didn't stick it. But again, as a, just a film on its own, X-Men first class really holds up. I think it's got a strong, a strong script and it's really good direction from Matthew Vaughn. Wait, he directed that, right? Yeah. Matthew Vaughn directed it. Um, so I like it. I I think it's good. That's why it landed on my, my number eight spot. But if you guys had to put an X-Men movie on your list, what would it be? Cause I, cause that's what I was saying. I thought we were going to get into a little bit of it, but you guys didn't have a single X-Men on your list at all. Well, Logan X two would probably right? be Logan. I suppose that's true, but, yeah. but like X two would probably be mine if I yeah. had to pick one. But even that is just like, I feel like a lot of that's probably nostalgia and it's like the early stages, a lot of, of like Wolverine and a lot of these characters that I love, but yeah, they just, they all kind of fall flat for me. Yeah. Right. It, for me too, it's X two just because like, nostalgia solid in theaters but like for me like i don't think any other than logan nothing has really held up to like what i enjoy reading about them in the comics or like the tv shows like i still think both of those animated shows x-men 
the high the one where they're in high school and then just evolution, x-men i think yeah x-men evolution and then just the x-men the animated series i don't think any movie has lived up to like how great that was like bringing those comics to life they just, i don't know no dude one's... new mutants new mutants was pretty amazing that was true when anya <laughs> taylor joy was super <laughs> racist that really was just like yeah this is x-men yeah. is she the, the comic... one with, is she the one with the big sword is that who she yeah. was in the movie yeah, okay the yeah, russian yeah. accent yeah. Oh yeah, oof! That was that. That's was, when that you're like, this is based off civil rights. This super yeah. racist. <laughs> <movie."> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked. We talked a little bit about it in the episode just how I would like a re- uh, just a full reboot of X Men done by Marvel. Yeah, like, for sure. People that do the MCU, and we're gonna get it someday. Whenever Marvel decides they need a another like the next big thing to kind of revitalize when people get bored of Marvel again. Um, but and so I can't wait for that. But in, in the meantime, yeah, I just I need. Yeah, I think they're just holding it in their back pocket. They they know they don't need to make it, and they know everybody wants it, so they're just yeah. waiting. Yeah. They're just sitting uh, who there. who is your choice? Not to derail completely, but who is your choice, real quick, for? Because I'm with you, Danny. I'm with you 100. percent Kevin Feige needs to do is uh, skip Patrick Stewart and all that. They're great. I love them. Start from scratch and just cast everybody. Who's your Wolverine? So we have the same answer. But he's already been in the MCU. It's Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Okay. But, I'm going to throw yeah. something out there because I because I'm 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 usually not that great at coming up with like recasts, but this one I feel super confident about. I want Taron Egerton as Wolverine. He's he's the rumor. Like yeah. I, somebody on the somebody on the Mad About Movies Discord was talking about it literally like two days ago. Like that Taron Egerton yeah. is the rumored person to be Wolverine, and I'm all for yeah, it. Yeah, I think that, that he's killer. he's not particularly tall, which is a thing that right. that Wolverine isn't in the comics. Yeah, he's you like know he can get ripped. And you know he can get ripped because he did it in the Kingsman movies. And, and yeah. he's got like an anger and a dark side because you saw him tap into it a little bit in Rocket Man. So he would be awesome, yeah. I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm all for that. I'm, okay. I'm for right. Taron Edgerton and like almost anything. Like put him yeah, in too. everything you can. Yeah, for sure. He's so but talented. Michael B. Jordan is the is like if you could have literally anybody, Michael B. Jordan is the answer. Uh, he'd be perfect. Yeah, it's amazing. just like he was in Black Panther. Dang it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's a shame too that he that that he was in that kind of fumbled Fox version of the Fantastic Four because he also could have been a really great Johnny Storm. Oh, yeah, that movie just didn't do him any favors. Oh, here's but, what but you yeah, do. He... I just okay if Kevin Feige, if you're listening to this podcast, so you brought in the multiverse and Spider Man, so this person is in the military in Black Panther. What if in a different universe? He's also in the military, but he undergoes all those Wolverine surgery stuff. And now he's, they change his identity to Logan and now he's Wolverine. I'm just saying, that's how we got, I got there. I got that's there. That's fair enough. Michael B. Jordan is Wolverine, but they've, I'm into it. They've had bigger stretches in the Marvel Cinematic Universe before, yeah. so I buy it. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, moving along. Uh, number seven on my list is uh, a title that was discussed previously, but I want to touch base on it a little bit more. It is a movie that 95% of people who see it do not know that it was based on a graphic novel, and that is Road to Perdition. Yeah. Right? Directed by Sam Mendes, straight off of American Beauty, which won Best Picture and Best Director. This guy had the world, the world was his oyster, and this is what he chose to do. He got Roger Deakins to shoot it. Uh, Tom Hanks was in the movie. Paul Newman was in the movie, and it's His a last gorgeous. Right? Was it yeah. Paul Newman's last movie? Um, well, I don't. I think the Paul. I mean, I think if you look at IMDb, one of the last things he got credit for was he was a voice in Cars. Oh, that. Um, 
Yeah, it doesn't count, but it might have been one of uh, Paul Newman's last movies. But, yeah, but that movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was um, he was the Owen Wilson character. He's doing an impression yeah. of Owen Wilson. <laughs> it was, yeah, Paul Newman. A little known fact, he did the voice of Larry the Cable Guy. He yeah. was the truck. Everyone thinks it's Larry. It's Paul Newman. That's how good of an actor he was. He just did a Larry the Cable Guy impression. Um, the movie is, I mean, heartbreaking in the in the best kind of cinematic way. It is gorgeous because Roger Deakins shot it. It's a moving story. And, I, you know, I, I, I put it on my list because I think it is one of the best films of movies that is not, people don't know it's a comic book. Yeah. And so it's like, guys, if you get nothing from my portion of this podcast, it's that there are more to comics than just superheroes. There are so many great stories, whether they're Japanese manga or whether they're just independent comic books that are these beautiful, rich stories that don't have anything to do with, you know, superheroes and tights. And so if you're looking to pick up a comic book, just Google, you know, non, non superhero based comics and you'll find a bunch of great ones. But this movie, I do think it made it on my best list because it is, a stunning example of what you can do if you get a plus talent to make an incredible movie. And it just happens to be based on a comic book. So Danny, have you seen road to perdition? Nah, it's, it's really good. If you get a chance, it's 2004, 2005. So it's not, yeah. not way out of your, you know, uh, age range there, but yeah, it's good. It's, it's worth uh, checking out. If you, if you, it's, you know, it's sad, it's, you know, but, but it's good. And it's okay. just fun to see Tom Hanks murder people. You don't get to yeah, see that's that true. Yeah, Tom Hanks doesn't necessarily play the world's greatest guy uh, in the movie. But anyway, okay, uh, number six is a movie that I remember when I saw it. It was like I'd never seen anything like it before. And this movie was the number one movie that it felt like a comic book had been exactly transposed on screen from the comic. And that is Frank Miller's Sin City, that Robert Rodriguez directed... Sin City, right? It is that movie. I just remember you'd never seen anything like it before. It was just so because it was all black and white and it was so stylized and you go back and you read the comics and it literally is panel for panel. The comic, that's why Rob Rodriguez left the director's guild because he wanted to do co-directing credit with Frank Miller because he was like, Frank Miller did all this work. I just pointed a camera and shot all the frames that he drew. The DGA wouldn't have it. They were like, well, you can't have co-directors. So he quit the DGA. Robert Rodriguez was like, I don't need your silly club. Then I quit. Um, But yeah, that movie was awesome. Have you guys seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Not really my thing. Totally. Like I said, and that's, it's fascinating to look at. You're right. Like it's incredibly interesting, but, but like that, the whole spectacle of that wears off for me after a while. Sure. And I realize like I'm just watching a movie. I don't really like very much. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I'm talking about here where it's like, I don't know if I made a, a true list of my favorite superhero yeah. movie or comic movies that this would make it, but it yeah. definitely deserves a place. I think on the, on the top spot, the t- the best of list. Cause it's just, you'd never seen anything like it before. Yeah. And I, and you it's still haven't it's seen it. It's definitely a like fascinating it. visual spectacle yeah. to see what they managed to do for sure. Yeah, and it's just sure. Robert Rodriguez. is just kind of not really my thing. Unless we're, we're yeah. talking spy kids. It's just like, nah, not for me. Wow. Subtle, subtle slam dunk on the book of Boba Fett there. Uh, that are you talking about he, the most boring TV show of all time? <laughs> oh, I I okay, kind of like the book of Boba Fett. Dunk. I liked every non-Robert Rodriguez directed episode of Book of Boba Fett. Fair. Like, all of the ones that weren't directed by him were so good, and I didn't realize it until like I had seen every episode until the last one that the like through factor of the ones I didn't like was Robert Rodriguez. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. The style is just not my thing. 
I get it. Okay, moving on. Now we're in the top five. Uh, my number five uh, top ten comic movies of all time is the ultimate director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen. It's got to be the ultimate director's cut. It is three and a half hours long. I get it. It's a super long movie. But it cuts in all of the footage that was in the director's cut. And then it also cuts in the animated Tales of the Black Freighter short film that they did that was released as a special feature. But if you've read the comic, uh, it plays an integral part in the comic. I put it on this list because I do not know. like People who have an issue with that movie and are also fans of the comic... I don't understand any criti- like criticism that people could have about that movie with one exception, right? They changed the ending a little bit. He basically took Watchmen and put it on screen. I, I don't like, it's weird that some people had issues with it. Cause I'm like, if you, I think if you don't like that movie, you just didn't like the Watchmen story and that's fine. But that's, but he took that comic and made it a movie almost, you know, frame for frame, kind of like Sin City. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't know what more you could want from a Watchmen movie than than that film. You know, I think it's like when you see people complaining about it online, it's more people that are like butthurt that they didn't get a chance to direct the movie themselves. And it's like, you're fine. But, but Zack Snyder crushed that movie. I thought he did a great job. Have you guys seen the movie? Did you like it? Have you seen the ultimate director's cut? It is long. I certainly will give you that. It's not really like an easy one afternoon sit. But if you take it in as a whole, I think it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I've I've seen the movie. I've read the comic. I wasn't a huge fan of the comic, so like going into that movie, it was like I didn't really have high expectations. Uh, there's also just a lot of blue penis in that, you know, Doctor Manhattan. It was like to like to the point where I was like, do we really like this? Isn't Game of Thrones? We don't need to like purposely show this guy's penis every time he's on screen. Yeah. But it was just like I don't know. It was just I didn't like the comic, so I I, I gave it three stars on Letterbox, which to me is a good movie. It's just not my, that wasn't really my thing in the comic books. It wasn't my thing as a movie. Yeah. The trailer though, the trailer was freaking awesome. Yeah. They had that smashing pumpkin song. The end is the beginning of the end or whatever. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, why it made its spot on this list is because Watchmen is often considered to be one of the greatest comic books ever written. And for good reason it it is, it's, it's dense in a way that is still hard to comprehend like 30, 40 years later. And I just think that for all of Zack Snyder's faults, he did do an incredible job of just taking that comic and putting it on screen, you yeah. know, and I, I think it's great. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, just, I haven't seen it. it is. It's I think it's it. the best thing Zack Snyder's done. Yeah. Ever. I, I, I would encourage you, Danny. If, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I do think it's the pinnacle of his thing. I would say, Danny, if you haven't seen it, only check out the, the ultimate director's cut, but Split it up. It's three and a half hours yeah. long. That's that is not fair for any one person to do in one sitting. So split it up and then enjoy it that way. Danny, uh, okay. I honestly think it would be the only Zack Snyder thing you would like. I think you would actually there's a chance you'd like it. And the and the, I mean, the other thing too that I have not met a single seriously, I, I mean this definitively. Even people who hate that movie go, Yeah, but that opening credits montage though. Whoa. So good. <laughs> like, so good. It is like a ten minute montage, but it's like over this like, it's over um, the Bob Dylan song, the times they are a changing. Yeah. And everybody who has seen that movie is like, wow, <laughs> those yeah. credits are amazing. So yeah, check that out. Okay. I'm open to it. Yeah. All right. Moving on the list. Now, now we're in the top four and these are movies that again, I, I, I picked them and I ordered them essentially for what they represent and what they kind of did to the genre. So my number four, um, and I just watched this again over the course of the last two nights 
was the 1978 Superman movie starring Christopher Reeve. You don't get any other movie on my list or your list if you don't have this movie, right? It, It doesn't. By today's standards, it's it's a little cheesy, right? When you watch yeah. it, it's a little cheesy now. But but when it was made in 1978, it was earnest. And so you got to kind of judge it on that sliding scale. But, I mean, that movie definitively proved over everything else, you can do this. You can take a comic book and with the right cast and with the right special effects, you can make a compelling story. And so... Christopher Reeve is great. And the, and you know, Gene Hackman is great as Lex Luthor. Is it a little cheesy? Absolutely. But, but it is, you don't get all of our lists if you don't have that movie, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's worth watching. And just a quick little uh, aside, the version I watched, which I had never seen before was the extended cut of Superman that was cobbled together in 1980 by the film's producers. It's a three hour, eight minute version of the film because the reason they did that was because they needed to fill two, two hour time slots over the course of two nights for the television premiere. So instead of just adding a bunch of commercials, the producers decided to add 40 minutes of movie back in Richard Donner. The director was not thrilled. He took his name off the project, but there's a three hour version of the movie. And in 2017, Warner brothers found the original negative of that version. So they did a great scan of it. It looks good on Blu-ray. It sounds good. So if you can check out the extended cut, if you've never seen Superman, don't watch that version. But if you're a fan of Superman, the movie, and you want to see more of it, check out that three hour version. It's pretty cool. For sure. Yeah, I've seen it. I It's been since I was a kid. My brother, I have an older brother. He's six and a half years older than me, I think. He is as obsessed with Superman as you are with Batman. Uh-huh. Um, so I've, I've seen all of these, but it's been so long that I don't remember yeah. hardly anything about it, to be honest. And yes. to be clear, again, the, the extended cut, not a, not a great movie by itself, because there are <laughs> many, many things that you're like, that can go, this can get cut, yeah. which is what Richard Donner did. He cut 40 minutes out for that specific reason. <laughs> But if you like them, if you've seen the movie and you just want to see more of it, it's a pretty interesting experiment. But to be clear, I'm talking about the theatrical version of Superman 1978. Yeah, that's Superman's my least favorite comic book character, like superhero. I do not like Superman. There's just it just never clicked for me at all. Yeah, I'm I'm in that boat. I mean, I, I find the 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 big blue Boy Scout aspect of his character to be particularly boring. Yeah, um, and you know, again, not, not, I don't want to turn this into a Zack Snyder love fest, uh, but I will say I, I, I like the take on man of steel, right? I like that Zack Snyder, man, it feels pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that Zack Snyder latched into the thing that makes Superman interesting to me, which is he can do everything, but the tragedy of Superman is that he can't be everywhere at once. So every yeah. time he chooses to save, you know, a woman falling out of a burning building, he is also choosing to not save people in a plane crash. And I think that in 2022, that would immediately get politicized, right? Yeah. And it would, and Superman would become an, a political object. And that's what that movie tapped into. And I think it was really smart versus just everybody likes Superman and he saves kittens out of trees, you know? Yeah. Another um, great trailer. Man, say what you will about Zack Snyder. That dude knows how to make a good A great trailer. trailer. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, moving along. Um, number three. Um, I, I put this, so here's the thing. Uh, you can disqualify me if you'd like, but I, I, I won't have it. These movies were written together. They were shot together 
They just happen to be released a year apart. My number three is Avengers Infinity War and uh, Endgame. Like they, they are the same movie, yeah. right? Infinity War isn't the way a movie ends. It only ends that way because they knew 12 months from now, we've got the second half of this yeah. thing coming. Yeah. Those movies, and I'm sure you guys talked about them, so I will make my uh, thoughts brief. Those movies f- felt like reading a comic in all of the ways, the best ways possible when I was a kid, right? Where there's so many characters and it's all been building to something, right? And you can, you can ask uh, Richard from the Mad About Movies podcast. He was sitting next to me. By the time the portal started opening up and everybody started showing back up and, you know, he says Avengers Assemble, I'm like bawling in my seat. I'm like, this is everything I've ever wanted in a movie. This is so great. So, yeah, I, I love those movies. They're great. They That's represent. That's how we feel about No Way Home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. Um, yeah, just on a much, much smaller scale. Um, but, yeah, but th- th- those movies to me represent everything that comic book movies can and should be, right? The grandeur of it, the scale, the, the under understanding that you have to know these characters and these backstories, yeah. right. In order to, to fully appreciate the movie. Um, that's what those movies did. And, and for that, I think they'll, they'll always be in my top three for sure. Cause they're, they're those movies are incredible. There's, there's no argument there. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along. I, because uh, again, we are running along and also because these should come at no surprise. Uh, my number two movie is the 1989 Batman. Again, just like Superman in 1978, you do not get the rest of the movies on this list. If, ba- if Batman comes out and it flops, you don't have 80% of the movies on our list, right? Yeah. If Superman showed that you can make a live-action comic book movie, Batman showed that you can do a darker version of that and make it you know, not really for kids. I think people who grew up watching Batman now think it's a kid's movie, but it really isn't. There's a lot of dark stuff in that movie yeah. that really deserves to be rated PG-13 at minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, sure. but, but it, that is an incredible movie. I think I've seen that movie more than any other movie in, in human existence. And I think truly, if you, if you gave me a pad and paper, I could just type out that, I could just write out that script like <laughs> freehand, <laughs> you know, and miss like one or two words basically. But yeah, I love, I love that movie. Um, obviously, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that made anybody else's list. I mean, I, I'm assuming that there's a little love for that movie. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to put. I, I mean, I didn't want to put both that and Batman Returns because if I just load my list with Batman movies, it's just going to be, oh, you put on Batman movies for the Batman guy. Um, right. And so I wanted to pick either that one or Returns. I think 1999 Batman is better. I just like Returns more because it is just so weird. It's a weird movie. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I, of course, that's like oh, my sorry, third favorite Batman movie. Yeah. After it's, I'm, I, I think I'm the only one that likes Rises. And, no, I like Rises yeah. too. I'm with you. We haven't really talked about it much, but I also like Rises. and and Dark Knight. But after like after that, every other Batman movie for me is just like, you know, you can leave it. I'm fine just watching these three Batman movies, and that's just you know, those are my Batman movies for the rest. Yeah, of for sure. I'm I'm all in on Rises for the record. I love Rises, but the minute the minute Bane breaks his back the movie starts to kind of wobble off the tracks a little bit and it never really recovers from that. But, but again, the first half of that movie is so incredible that I I roll with it and I like it. But, but after he gets flown to that prison, that's like a, it's like a hole in the ground. That's when the movie starts to waver a little bit into weird territory for me. But anyway, um, 
And speaking of Christopher Nolan, my number one, if you did not think that this was going to be my number one, you're absolutely crazy. It is The Dark Knight from Christopher Nolan. It is the movie that I think definitively proved that not only can you make a comic book movie and not only can you make a comic book movie for adults, you can make a comic book movie that is so poignant, that is so well done from the craft of filmmaking and is so spectacle driven and it's so incredible in all the different ways that it should have won an Oscar. I mean, it literally changed the Oscars, right? It was, it was 2009 that the Oscars were like, you know, maybe we should expand to 10 films and not five because so many people and not just comic book dorks on the internet. So many serious industry people were like, you, you didn't even nominate that movie. Like it was a big (laughs) deal when that came out and it's, yeah, it's, you know, I've seen that movie so many times now that you can nitpick little things here or there in the script. But when you watch that movie, it is it's it's a, it's an insane experience and it's incredible. So yeah, it's I mean it should come as no surprise it was it was uh, Danny's number one and it was Ty's number two. Um, right. But yeah, what what can be said about that movie that hasn't already been said? But yeah, it is still to date the greatest comic book film ever made for yeah. sure. So good. Yeah. I still the yeah, only by quite, by quite a bit I think literally the only flaw I've already said it the only flaw in that movie is. Aaron Eckert saying he's Batman and having the biggest chin dimple of all time. And <laughs> like, that's the only part of Batman you can see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how is no right one like, it. no, that's not his chin. That's like, <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm now watching, like I watch that movie now and I know it's so backwards and forwards that like now when I watch it, I like focus on the extras on the background and I'm like, oof, that was they they were overacting there. Like in the like there's one extra like in this scene that was really overdoing it, you know, in this take or whatever. It's like that's how much I focus on that movie now. So that is my my list. So hopefully it's not too too controversial. But again, I'm no just Spider-Man. going off what I think. Yeah, no Spider-Man. Because again, Spider-Man's not my guy. I, I like Spider-Man, but you know, he's just he's not my dude. So with that in mind, drum roll please, the winner of this episode is going to be List A. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. No, 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 sorry, sorry. List B. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. I was not looking. Come on. Not, well, we've got a moonlight la I just moonlight la 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 Yeah, sorry, my apologies. I didn't have it in front of me. No, it is B. <laughs> Uh, not because list A stinks, but it is a little too Spider-Man heavy for me. But, uh, you know, yeah, list B is a little bit more rounded out for sure. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be list A uh, for me. So, um, Danny, I'm happy to give you the win on that one. You definitely take that it. spider dork. <laughs> spider dork. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> it was interesting, though. Let me ask you guys a question. It was interesting, though, that we set the criteria for the for the episode as live action. What are can you guys name a movie or two that if we hadn't have said live action, would have made your list because I can name two, and one of them is a Spider-Man film. Yeah, I tried to slide it. Would have been different. I tried to slide it on my list, and I was hoping Danny didn't notice. I put Spider Verse two or Spider Verse in like my number seven slot. I was like, oh, Danny's just not gonna notice like a number seven, <laughs> <laughs> but he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Spider Verse would have been my number one if we hadn't had the live action. Yeah, that that movie is jaw droppingly incredibly good. It is such a good film. Like I, 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 like Lord of the Rings is my favorite series of movies. Spider Verse is my favorite standalone. Like I, obviously, it's not standalone. We're getting more, but as of now, it's the only one that we've gotten. It is my favorite movie of all time. But because just, of that, we are we have it scheduled. So when Spy, the week Spider Verse two comes out. We're going to do uh, best animated comic book yeah. movies. Nice. And spoiler alert, Spider-Verse is going to be my number one, and, and like, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah for sure. We are doing we, – we figure – we're at the point where, like, 
we've done a lot of these and we plan on doing a lot more. We have to start making rules to narrow down our like list ideas and yeah. like, split them up to try to get two out of one idea type yeah. thing. So that's why we made sure this one was live. Yeah, for sure. The other one, because I mentioned two that would it would have made my list um, if, if we hadn't limited to live action, is the greatest Fantastic Four movie never made. It is uh, Disney Pixar's The Incredibles. That movie is so good from start to finish, and it's everything a fantastic movie, a horror movie should be. It just happened to be that Pixar got it right. But yeah, that Probably movie is my number so good. two. Yeah, yeah, that movie is also incredible. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so congrats, uh, Danny, on the win there, and uh, well, Thank or, you. but like I, I said, look, I deserve it. Yeah, so. because yeah. you guys do like a little bit of, of favorites and best. Like it's you know you're kind yeah. of always up to the judges. Uh, uh, predilections and and for me it's definitely not not the world's biggest Spider-Man guy but uh, but look I will give you this Ty if it makes any consolidation uh, or consolation it's fine that you had Spider-Man two Spider-Man two is like a great great film and it is still to me that's fine to put it in your list of uh, top ten greatest comic book films not No Way Home but Spider-Man two yeah for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, well, we did get an email this week. Nice. Uh, from our buddy Jacob Dial. Uh, he says, hey, guys, I love this subject. Great episode idea. I'm someone who's read comics my entire life, and even though superhero comics are easily the most popular, and rightfully so, there are so many great stories out there that aren't necessarily superhero stories. I look forward to hearing what you guys come up with and hearing specifically what Shane has to say because he's a fellow comic reader. Uh, I wanted to share a few of my favorites with you as well. I think V for Vendetta and Watchmen are extremely good comics and good movies as well. Mm -hmm. I also love Men in Black. One that might not come up but is really good is called American Splendor. Hey, let's go. Hey, it did come up. There you go. Uh, it's based on the autobiographical comics written by Harvey Picar. Picar? I'm not sure how you said that. Uh, the, the movie stars Paul Giamatti as Harvey and is about a man that deals with the drudgery of everyday life and then the writing about it in his comic. It's a very interesting study of an average man in a very unique situation. Thanks for all you do. I'm looking forward to the episode. Till next time, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. Um, yeah, that's... I, I'm not the biggest V for Vendetta guy. Yeah, me either. It's not not really my You know, thing. I saw V for Vendetta when it came out. I think it was like 05. Have not seen it since. So my my opinion on V for Vendetta is so outdated at this point that I I I don't really have one. I need to see it again before I would weigh in any judgment, but you know, I don't I don't recall it being particularly egregious. The only reason I say that is because, you know, the Wachowski siblings are, you know, their their movies can be hit or miss. Right. So yeah. it's like for every Matrix, you have a Matrix three, you know. Yeah, and so right. uh, I, I don't remember if it was particularly good or not. I remember liking it when I saw it, but that was 17 years ago. So I, I don't remember. Yeah. It's it's like for me, it's like kind of boring. But if we ever did like a greatest speeches list. That a good speech. yeah, that V for Vendetta monologue is awesome. Yeah, that episode would be boring though because my list would just be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it would just so. be Samwise. Wrong, wrong, wrong on both accounts. If you're if you're doing a greatest movie speeches list, it's one through ten is just going to be Bill Pullman in Independence Day, just over and over and over. That's just one through ten. Yeah, just watch yeah, it again. Right. You yeah, know? yeah, you're right. Yeah. But everything else on Jacob's list got mentioned. Uh, Shane talked about Watchmen, Ty had American Splendor, and Men in Black. Uh, Men in Black would have been on my list if I had known there was a Men in Black comic. I really want to like rules. find those comics and read them. Yeah, so like, do I. What made it to the movie and what didn't. 
Yeah. We got to find somebody who hasn't seen those for We Should Watch a Movie because the Men in Black episode would be so, so much Recasting fun. Tommy Lee Jones would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a blast. I don't know. This might be, I don't think I'm talking out of school saying this, but there was a comic that was written a couple years ago. And by a couple years ago, I probably mean a decade that uh, it was called Lore. And basically the, the premise of the comic was uh, that it was like Men in Black, but instead of aliens, they were catching like things in folklore. So like Bigfoot or like the Abominable Snowman, whatever. And I never read the comic, but I had a buddy who got hired to write the screenplay for that movie because Warner Brothers optioned it. And then after he wrote it, somebody got it to The Rock and The Rock signed on to the movie for like a minute. And then he moved on to other projects. But oh. for a minute there, my buddy was like wrote the, the he, he did, he, I've read the script. It was a great script and the rock was going to do it. And this was probably, I want to say like 2012, 2014, somewhere in that ballpark. And then just, you know, things fall apart and just people move on or whatever. Man, but, for a day, he was a millionaire. For like a yeah. day, he would have been a millionaire. <laughs> no, I no, I don't think he was a millionaire for a day. I think he got paid. <laughs> oh, okay. that there you go. <laughs> so yeah, to the tune of seven figure. I don't think I'm speaking out of school, but yeah, it was a, it was a it was a good day for him. The script was great, and I don't think it ever got made. So one of these days, you never know. But uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, cool yeah, it was it was a cool idea. I don't. I never read the comic, but his script was really great. So yeah. if you're looking for Men in Black stuff, but you don't like aliens, give Lore a try. L O R E. Seems like it would be killer as like a monster of the week type show. Yeah, that premise yeah. makes so much sense. It kind of sounds like a Neil Gaiman kind of kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, where it's like lore mixed with fantasy mixed with real life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty cool. Well, sweet. You guys ready to get out of here? Let's do it. Cool. Huge thank you to Batman Shane. Um, you're going to be on next week's episode of Mad About Movies. So if you want to want to hear more Shane, if you want to hear more about the Batman, you'll be able to get his reaction to it and his thoughts after seeing it, as opposed to just me picking his brain about what he hopes might happen. <laughs> so. We'll see. Uh, thank you for listening to the Rank Kings. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rank Kings Pod. Don't forget that double K in the middle. Uh, join our Discord. It's free, and you can find the link in our social media bios and also the show notes. We will be back with a new episode next week. Until then, what's the point of all these push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log? Bye. <laughs> See ya. Bye.